Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything but mostly just the stuff we like. We've had a couple days to digest our Thanksgiving dinners now, but more importantly, we've had a chance to try and put our brains back together from this past Friday's new chapter of The Mandalorian. And now we're ready to talk this whole thing through with y'all in this episode 48, Ahsoka Maitano. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who spent this year's Thanksgiving weekend counting his blessings, along with how many different ways he could grill, smoke, and fricassee a turkey before losing count somewhere north of 300. Mm. He is the Dan Broden to my Jim Helwig. Our promos make almost no sense, but we let our steroids do the talking anyways. I give you the man they call Tim. How are you, my brother? I'm doing all right. I, again, I, I've, I'm, I'm having a sassy sort of day. I got my sassy <laughs> pants on. Oh boy, I'm, he's sassy. Look at oh, it. Look at everyone. I'm feeling good. Oh, feel there good. we go. Literally, there mm. we go. Mm-hmm. A little channel, a little James Brown. I feel good. Oh, you know. Oh, Watch here we me. go. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> I. Anyways, so before we get too far in, and I lose my mind completely, uh, can you name the tag team, sir? Uh, Jim Helwig, uh, the only one I'm aware of, I thought was when he teamed with Sting and I thought that was like, is that Master Blasters? I, I, I don't know. You, you stumped me on this one. <gasps> you got the touch. You got the power. Yeah. Oh, oh. ladies and gentlemen. You it's a rare me. day. Every dog has his day, and it's my day. Ladies and gentlemen, that would be the Blade Runners. Mm. Yes, that was Sting and Ultimate Warrior way back when, before the Ultimate Warrior. Well, honestly, he he never had his mind. That's in the first right. Place. Not, not the Master Blasters. <laughs> I, I think that was. I think that was one gimmick Kevin Nash did. Yeah, they the, this tag team actually had a couple different incarnations, but this was like a blatant Road Warriors ripoff. Ah, okay. You know, so that was that was the gimmick, and dang it, I gotcha. You did. I you did. Gotcha. Well done, sir. I tip my cap to you. Oh well, thank you. You got the touch. So uh, we are going to be talking about. Uh, Mandalorian Season 2, Chapters 12 and 13 this episode. However, before we get to that, how about we do a little thing we like to call The Week in Geek. The Week in Geek. Feels so funky. And by the way, uh, I I must uh, pass my compliments to the production team, which means you. 
uh, for for my Access Hollywood style entrance uh, music that you have uh, co- cobbled together. So thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. I might actually change it up now just to make you a liar on that. Oh, so geez. we'll see. Well, go with Glorious or something, man, because we can't hear that song enough. No, no, no. You deserve your very own theme. Uh, well, as we have been doing over the last few weeks, uh, we're going to kick this one off uh, football style, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Fantasy football style, that is. By checking in with our teams, uh, the Quick Slants and Uncle Todd's, they all hate you. They all uh, hate but I'm going to buck convention, and rather than just dive in and selfishly start talking about the wonder that is my team, mm-hmm. which is rare this season, uh, let's let's start with you, my friend. How, how are you shaping up this, this week? Uh, this being the last, uh, I think, uh, the, the week before, the final week before playoffs here, the... Two, two weeks ahead of, of, of our, our playoffs here. How are you doing, my friend? Well, first of all, I just want to con- I just want to congratulate you on your prowess of managing to stress out saying like the second to last week of the season. I was like looking for penultimate, second. but the name wasn't coming to me. Now I got penultimate. That's what I meant to say. Good uh, Lord. I gosh. thought I was the one who sucked at math. I was like, where is he going with this? Yeah, that, that, that's called... This t- is the week that is the square root of pi <laughs> to the 18th, and I don't know what I'm if talking about If you divide by anymore. nine, it all works out. <laughs> Jeez. And then, but then I looked at how your team is doing today, and I'm like, oh, now I understand. Never mind. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, last week, I ended up in a tie, which kind of sucks, but it did still uh, put me I'm in fourth place, and it's actually a, a true fourth place because I've got a 7-4, and 7-3-1, and one, and an 8-3 and three ahead of me. Uh, however, this week, going pretty well for me. I'm uh, at this moment ahead, 172-89. to 89. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, once again, carrying the load. I mean, just toting toting the football for me 57 points from him dalvin cook like a very pedestrian day for him but Mm. i mean that's you know still as good as anybody else so right now i'm ahead 172 to 89 and as the eight o'clock sunday night game is going uh my opponent has aaron Rodgers and some other dude going uh oh a Chicago running back, so he's he's hosed. And uh, then he has a Seattle's defense. So I'm feeling pretty good about this because after, after uh, I've got Devonta Adams going right now. Nice. And then I've got a wide receiver from Pittsburgh going for me on Tuesday because now we've got games all over the place because – COVID is wreaking havoc on the NFL. Uh, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this. I, I think I might wind up uh, at six, uh, I mean, seven, four, and one, which had uh, still put me kind of in the upper echelons of our league. How are you doing, sir? Uh, not so good. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I wasn't really sure how to how to segue there. Um, so but- <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, just a couple things are in play here. Um, first one. <laughs> one of them isn't your team. Sorry, hold, hold on a second. Why are you doing this? No. We're recording, by the way. They can hear you. Say hello. Jackson says hello. Um, hello. I feel like... What, what He's was, grabbing what was, a LaCroix, and he kindly gave me one, but I already have two lined up next to me, so I, I didn't really need it. What was but, it? It was a. It was in Star Trek. Uh, the 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 J.J. Abrams Star Trek when uh mm-hmm. when when uh, what's his face there the the Romulan is like hello Christopher. <laughs> That's just what it yes. kind of sounded like. There. Yes, yes. So, uh, not not a great week for me. 
Uh, no. I'm getting bit Ugh. once again by Cam Newton. I decided to keep him in. Oh, decided to why? buck convention. Oh. Uh, it was Arizona, for crying out loud. I mean, what, what could possibly go wrong against Arizona? Everything. Everything can go wrong. Oh, <laughs> my Cam gosh. Newton. So he posted a very, uh, I mean, pedestrian is almost a... a, a compliment of sorts to call his his 23 fantasy points Ooh. for today. Oh, Calvin yeah. Calvin Cook had more than him. Oh, Although yeah. You, did, you do have Derrick Henry, so, I mean, it's tough to really feel bad for you. Two of my wide receivers delivered. One of them decided to goose egg me. Yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry, once again, solid 64. My kicker. My kicker of all people. Oh. My kicker almost outdid Cam Newton. My kicker. Cool. For crying out loud. I'm I'm regretting that when I, when oh I dropped him. Oh my gosh! Oh. One young ho ku is his yep. name, and he has been solid for me. Uh, mm-hmm. has, has just been delivering constantly. Uh, he put up 21 points, three field goals of uh, 30 yards or more, and one, one field 50. goal of Ooh. 50 plus, and four PATs, and I think he had one uh, that was 20 between 20 and 29 yards. So he he had a a excellent day. Uh, Kansas City, my defense, not so great. No. Uh, and then I have two Ooh. players left. So so here's what's funny. I have two players left. Uh, the team I'm playing has one player left. And even though his one of his wide receivers posted one point, which is one mm-hmm. point more than one of my well, wide receivers. So far. That, that's a game in progress. Oh, it is a game in progress. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, he's he's still a ninety five percent chance to win, so I'm I'm pretty much uh, looking at a five and seven record uh, coming Ooh. out of this week. Ooh, but that is one that thing is I the... will I will put out there is I I once again got uh, and, and and I don't mean to make light of this because let's face it, COVID is is serious. People are are suffering from this, and I don't want to make light of it. But uh, I will say that that COVID had a severe impact on my team this week. Uh, the 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 Ravens uh, Pittsburgh game got affected. Substantially, uh, I had, uh, I believe, a couple players on that team I had to bench uh, because they're out and I uh, had to substitute some in. So COVID, once again, uh, making life uh, just painful for everyone. So, Well, now, I mean, it could be worse. You could have been the Denver Broncos in real life and had all three of your quarterbacks that were on the roster all out for today, I know. today's game. I know. Now, like, he, up- like even the handcuff wouldn't have helped in that scenario. No, now who ended up playing quarterback for them? Uh, some jabroni. Ah, okay. Who apparently completed one pass for the entirety of the game. Oh, ooh. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and that, New Orleans only beat them thirty-one to three. Yeah, it 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 was a pummeling. It was a pummeling. Well, no, but that they should have beat them by a lot more than that. I would well, think. thirty-one to three is still a pummeling in my book. But. Not when the other team doesn't have a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, I mean, they Fair shouldn't enough. even. If if you're the defensive coordinator for the Saints, you're like, how did they get three? Fair how? enough. So, I, so I would have been losing my mind on the sidelines. So here's which is hurt- why I'm not an NFL coach, ladies exactly. and gentlemen. So, so here, well, why, and why I'm not one either. So here's what's killing me. Brady posted 51 points today. Oh. Did, I didn't start him, so so I'm losing points there. Gronk, who has done nothing the last couple of weeks, posts 16 today. Of course. And then uh, Jarvis Landry of Cleveland posts 28 as a wide receiver, which is a stellar day. But he has done nothing for the last couple of weeks. So I am once again being bit by the fact that I, I played the averages and I got hosed. Dude, 
Let me just tell you, I thought it was bad until you I told me that. And quite honestly, that is the corn kernel garnish on your turd Sunday. Basically, basically. Oh. So I'm looking at a five and seven. Uh, I'm not sure, quite sure Idiot Bowl 2 is going to happen. I have one more <laughs> week to at least put myself into the playoffs to at least make that a possibility. But, so how uh, many how many teams make it? Six? Only six. Six out of six eight, out my eight. friend. And I, I will be in seventh place if things play out the way they currently are. Unless I have some oh. sort of stellar day from these last two players, I am hosed um, with a capital I, H. Normally, I would say if you can if you can dream it, you can do it. But the way that you have managed your team this week, I don't think it's going to happen. Chief. I played I'm the gonna... averages, darn it. <laughs> what, which averages? Which, which averages? Well, I, Yahoo yeah, I, puts I, like five stars, and they color in the stars to tell you how many you know, like which player should be better. Brady was very low rated against uh, Arizona. Uh, sorry, not against Arizona, against Kansas City. Newton was highly rated against Arizona, which I bought into. You're wrong. And the, the inverse happened. So, so now the the thing is, like that, I'd normally go with that. I got bit by that last week. Mm-hmm. With the way that things have gone with you, with with Brady and Newton, I mean, I, I should I just have, implement the Costanza at this point, the Costanza rule, and do the opposite of what I think. I have zero sympathy for you on this one. Oh, like, how come many on. times? How many times are you going to get kicked in the head before you realize maybe I shouldn't put my head right back of the horse? Oh, I don't gosh. know. Oh, Anyways, so there you have it. There's that is our, our fantasy football update for this week. What else in the week in Geek? I, I just a little bit of uh, me patting myself on the back. We we had a little, for, you know, for the the last couple of Fridays, uh, we've been getting together with my sister's family and watching Mandalorian together. We decided hey, to. Heather. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry, wrong sister, not <laughs> no, sister-in-law, no, no. sister. Not my sister-in-law, my sister. Uh, and, Hi, Jen. Uh, <laughs> and she was running a. Oh, co- wait, she probably doesn't listen to the podcast, does she? No, no, much like most of my family. Um, yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, and, and and she proposed, she's like, hey, I, I found a Star Wars Kahoot. Now, I, are you familiar with what Kahoot is? I, I have heard of it. I've never played Kahoot. It is something they use. Uh, I, I've primarily been um, exposed to it through work and uh, have heard my sons talk about it as something they do at school. It is a quiz program of sorts ah. uh, that you can run through a web browser. Mm-hmm. And she found a Star Wars-based one, so we all uh, basically you you enter in kind of a, a pin for for the quiz, and mm-hmm. everyone's there, and then you all answer uh, the same questions on your device, and there's a, a leaderboard that's kept, and you are scored not only on correctness but on speed. Ah, and uh, I will just say, granted that three quarters of the people competing were were uh, under the age of eighteen. That I dominated uh, with my knowledge of Star Wars trivia. Uh, both rounds we played, dominant. I was uh, svelte, and I uh, showed you were my s- proudest. Svelte? <laughs> You're just yeah. tossing that one in there. I, <laughs> That's the bourbon talking right there. Shh! Don't tell anyone. That oh, is out, out the, That's it. You're shut off. <laughs> we are ten minutes into the show, and you're done. <laughs> Timmy just can't hold his liquor like he used to. He's starting to use the word spelt. I'm, I'm not drunk, all right? I just have a speech impediment. Anyway. Bar- bartender, get Joe Boo a refill. <laughs> 
So anyways, just uh, wanted to throw that out there. And a stomach virus. Well, Star Wars, you. I'm, I'm Star Wars knowledge you... was uh, exercised, and uh, I I came out of it feeling like, wow, I, I know way more about this franchise than maybe one should probably know. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to uh, say it. So that, that was a little uh, little family one thrown in there. Another week in Geek Adam, Star Wars Squadrons, a uh, game uh, I yes. had picked up not too long ago. A few updates coming from... EA on this one, and I got to tell you, uh, pleasant surprise, because there was a lot of talk of this just being a one-off, not being anything that would be followed up on, and uh, they have surprised the fan base and uh, have introduced uh, two updates over the next two months, uh, one that Mm. came out last week, one that will come out in December. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one is more performance oriented, you know, making the game run smoother. But the one in December is the one that I think a lot of fans are are, are going to be really happy with. Uh, they're they're going to be bringing a new map uh, mm. to, to the game as far as, uh, you know, the five on five battles go. So, so one aspect of the game is you can jump online in with other players uh, to do a five on five kind of dogfight scenario um, mm-hmm. across different maps. So they'll hmm. be introducing a new map uh, from from the storyline version of the game, and then the big one is new ships will be introduced. One being Ooh. the Tide Defender, but the big one, ah. the one that's been been asked for for quite a bit, is the B Wing. Ah, yes. So the last time we saw the B Wing was in Last Jedi as a bomber, but keep in mind this is a gyroscopically centered ship, so the the body of the ship rotates around the cockpit. So this one's going to be interesting to fly in this game. So hmm. I'm 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 kind of uh, excited to try this one out. Very nice. So, so yeah, so two new ships, uh, new components. So you you can basically trick out your ship with different um, weapons, with different engine, different uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, Fuzzy dice. You can do fuzzy dice, but 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 there's there's weapons you can use. It's basically like anti-missile um, sort of weaponry. Ah. So as you're being attacked by someone, you can launch something to kind of counter, you know, counteract that. Ah, um, and so like they're a chaff sort of thing. What's that? Like a chaff sort of thing. Or yeah, basically, basically. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so th- there'll be a boost extension kit for fighters and bombers, making them go faster, so you can kind of maneuver a bit better. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be ion rockets for fighters and interceptors. Those are the ones that can disable the shields for capital ships, so that'll be interesting ah. for those ships. And piercing torpedoes uh, for, uh, for, for piercing those capital ships when you fly in. Strike Very nice. So, so that'll be good. And then custom matches, that's a big one uh-huh. because right now five-on-fives are largely random. I think they're largely randomly determined. Um, you just kind of enter in and get kind of slotted with, with nine other players. Um, this one, uh, you can actually kind of create a private instance or, or server, if you will, and uh, and invite friends to it and stuff. So you can actually kind of have more control over who's playing uh, in, in the match. So just some some good improvements that I think are much needed, but a, but but really? a surprise because uh, again, there there were not to be updates to this game based on prior press releases from EA. So they surprised the fan base. If that custom matches thing is what I think it might be, I think we might need to do a scruffy versus free range <laughs> duel. Yeah, but it's gonna be like two on five. <laughs> That's all right. Don't don't tell me the odds until I've done. We'll it. take them. We'll take them. 
Never tell me the odds. <laughs> we'll have to reach out to Jimmy Dice and figure out how to book that one. Yeah, well, actually, I got to get a computer that'll be able to handle that. Well, that, that, that's the other part. You got to come out of 2012 on that one, my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, that might be tough. Uh, well, it's something to treat. And finally, the last yes. Week in Geek item. And, and, and you hate to end on a downer, but uh, yeah. you know, let's think of this more as, as paying homage to the man. Mm. David Prowse uh, passed away today at the age of, 80, at the age of 85. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the living embodiment of uh, the physical embodiment, if you will, of one Lord Darth Vader in the original trilogy. And uh, so we just tip our, our, our caps to the man. Uh, who established one of the iconic villains of sci-fi uh, through his sheer uh, height and, and physical presence, uh, one Mr. David Prowse. We tip our helmets, if you will. Ah, there we go, yes. Do and, it. A, and a hearty, you know, wheeze to him you as well. You didn't blow out your right eye on that one, did you, like you did last no, week with I was, rest in peace? Okay, good. I, I, was, I was very controlled in that one. That's good, that's good. And that, my friend, is a wrap on the Week in Geek. Well, very nice. Very nice uh, accumulation of information, sir. Uh, so uh, did you notice that we had a couple new episodes of The Mandalorian over the past couple weeks? Huh? What? I mean, Where? Nothing, really, nothing really important happened, so maybe we just shouldn't talk how? about that. Let's, wow. let's talk about, uh, how about we recap a 1998 Survivor Series this oh, week? How about we that? that? And the thing is, you know the matches from that, don't you? Uh, actually, I don't. I, oh! I, my, my, my mem- age and, f- and pure volume of pay-per-views has, has pretty much rendered my memory uh, useless at this point. So it, for my money, I would say these past two episodes of The Mandalorian are probably the best two that we've seen. I, I would put these two up against any of the other episodes, and I thought I've, I have not thought there's a stinker among them. Mm-hmm. These two episodes were absolutely brilliant. I loved both of them. Loved everything about them. I just wanted to, I wanted to like get in a bathtub and just like bathe in the wonder <laughs> wonderfulness Whoa, of these on, two man. episodes. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to sweet Moses. The didn't mean to share share more information than I and needed. You know. Good lord! And, <laughs> and the thing is, like, and that and that's and these. I mean, and that's also putting it up against the Bo Katan episode. Like, these two together are just like such a one-two punch. Although I guess you could say that the Bo Katan, uh, you know, chapter eleven and twelve could have been the same. But oh I would kind of put. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. I, I think if there's any sort of like closeness, it would be eleven and twelve being almost at the same level. Mm. But I, I would 100% agree with you that 13 was top-notch. Oh, my God. And it, the thing is, it not only – I mean, granted, the sheer information that was conveyed in that and the – by the way, if you haven't watched 12 or 13 yet, stop listening right now. Shame on you. Shame. This is, this is going to be spoiler freaking rific. And you know what? Quite honestly, since this is going to be uh, debuting like a week after – uh, chapter 13 chapter 14 will be out by then <laughs> yeah 
I don't even feel bad if you if you if if this spoils something for you, you just don't care enough. That's how that's how I'm looking at it. Like if you waited a week to watch to watch this, unless you're stuck in a mine shaft somewhere, you just don't care enough. That's how I feel about it. So yeah, this spoilers ahead. Okay, so just let's let's get that right out of the way now. So there was a lot of stuff that came through in, in chapter thirteen, but good God, it just looked amazing. Like the visuals throughout were Mm -hmm. top notch. The Mm -hmm. sets, the just the way everything was shot, and oh man, every single it was like every single frame of that show. I was like, that's amazing, that's amazing. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Just everything about it. Oh, just I mean, Chef's Kiss doesn't even really cover it. Honestly, doesn't doesn't even cover it. But yes, I, I truly, I hearted this episode in a big way. In the bathtub. And then, and then 12 was, <laughs> yeah, in, in the bathtub. And, and 12 was, was awesome, too, for totally different reasons, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so uh, in, in, in order to not do our normal, where we basically do a shot-by-shot recap, almost like we were doing this show on the radio and mm-hmm. we had to describe it to you, uh, we're not going to do that. We're actually going to, we're going to do buy-sell uh, go through a bunch of stuff with these episodes and talk about it that way because that's the only way that we can think to r- organize our thoughts in any kind of rational or coherent. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Rational and coherent. That's not what we do. Uh, just organize our thoughts. How yeah. about that? There and, we go. And uh, as a disclaimer, not a lightning round. Not no. a lightning round of buy sell. We're, we're, we're going to pontificate. This is more of a, a molasses round. <laughs> we're going to talk. Mm hmm. And I'm going to drink some bourbon. Absolutely. So, uh, first, a bit of buy and sell. Grief Karga isn't being totally honest with Mando. Buy or sell? I'm actually going to buy this. And uh, not just because I wrote it. Uh, I'm going to (laughs) buy it because I find it suspect that the very mechanics that Grief throws on the Razorcrest... The whole thing is highly suspect. Because, mm. uh, again, to set the scene, the Razor Crest literally limps in, being mm. held together by fish wire, twine, whatever else the Mon Calamari could scrap up to hold the ship together. And a sweater. Yeah, sweater. <laughs> a really nice cable knit sweater. A blanket. <laughs> duct tape. But uh, as, as grief is... You know, I, I hate to say this because I, I like the Grief Karga character. I, I mm-hmm. You know, that, that whole moment where he picks up the child and kind of carries him off is very, oh, you know, yeah, just very great. touching, very cool. I don't want to think of him being a bad guy. However, his mechanics worked on the Razor Crest. Yeah. And the Razor Crest is now a bug ship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he can now be tracked. Moff Gideon now knows where he's going. Mm-hmm. And one has to wonder, is Grief kind of playing Mando a little bit? Because as he mentions, you know, kind of in that episode, he has these aspirations of turning Navarro into a trade anchor. Mm. And he is a man who has run with bounty hunters. He is a man who has run on the black market of of, of, of the Outer Rim. And you have to wonder... Is he kind of working an angle for himself here, uh, and and you know making Mando kind of collateral damage? It's 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 hard to say. I, I I'm hope I hope I'm wrong because I would love to see him be, you know, kind of an honorable character. But one has to wonder if he isn't working an angle. You know, I was ready to sell on this. However, 
damn if you didn't turn me around on it. I I like your reasoning, and I You're think welcome. it's totally plausible. I I do think that I am it master could be, of the cahoot. <laughs> it could be one of it could be a very sort of Lando sort of thing. Like I don't want to do it, but yet I've got I've got one arm tied behind my back, and and right. because I I need the Empire because they are the obviously, you know, uh, you know the the alliance isn't going to do anything. Like they they barely are able to handle themselves. So. Mm-hmm. The, if the empire is resurgent, I have a feeling, and if they say they're going to leave me alone, maybe I can work this thing. I, you know what? I'm going to buy. I, you've you've convinced me. All right, all right. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, it, it, it does kind of make sense if you think of the character. Oh, it totally makes sense. Totally. So uh, next one up, uh, the tanks in the Imperial bunker on Navarro are an early Snoke experiment. Buy or sell, sir. Uh, before I say, uh, just to set context, uh, I'm not talking about physical like armored tanks. What I'm talking about are is is the scene in the episode where they come across essentially what look to be cloning tanks. Mm. Uh, and the last time we saw tanks like this with kind of deformed beings inside was Rise of Skywalker, uh, mm-hmm. where a uh, several clones of Snoke were present mm-hmm. uh, to kind of underline that. Snoke was really uh, a tool uh, of the emperors to kind of uh, draw, you know, Kylo Ren to him. And so in this case, uh, with it being five years after Return of the Jedi, I was speculating whether or not uh, this was kind of an early look into experiments to, if you will, extend the life of one uh, Emperor Palpatine. And I am going to uh, buy on this one. I, I, I feel like this was kind of a nod in that direction. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe I'm overreading, you know, the situation a little bit. But I thought the it, it was a nice touch to kind of bring that aspect from Rise of Skywalker, which takes place about 25 years in the future, kind of bring that into, into focus, uh, as well as the message from the Doctor from Season 1, who very clearly stated that um, they are now using what they were using the child for was was to draw blood, uh, to use it in experiments to kind of infuse that blood into other beings to kind of provide them with those force abilities. And we'll get into another buy or sell item on this that 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 I'm I'm pretty much uh, convinced is the case. But I'm going to buy on this one. What 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 are your thoughts on this? I'm going to sell. So here's what I think. I think that those are actually early Palpatine experiments. Do it. And I think because if I'm remembering, and I I just rewatched both of these episodes back to back a little while before we recorded, but I could have gotten scrambled even in that. I I believe they talked about those experiments, but then they also mentioned a donor or a volunteer. No, they mentioned a volunteer. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you. I think that is Snoke because I because if if Snoke is an early attempt at cloning Palpatine, then wouldn't it be it would be weird because they're two very different personalities and everything else. Mm-hmm. I think Snoke is the volunteer, and then I think those are early attempts to clone Palpatine that they took a longer time to actually clone Palpatine. Do you think that, they do it on Navarro though? Well, I don't know. I think that might be I think that would be a process that would happen. I mean, it's definitely going to happen in a place that's out of the way. 
I mean, they're yeah. out. They're out about as far as you can go in the outer rim. I mean, Star Wars loves to go to places that are like the butt end of nowhere, yeah. and always refer to like the places that everybody would want to see. But we always end up on Tatooine, Navarro, Jakku, um, was Lothal. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, all these places that are like. And by the way, did you notice in 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 uh, Chapter Thirteen there was a loath cat? Yes. Which was great because my kid pointed that. It's like loath cat. I'm like, holy crap! No yeah. way. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, wait yeah. a minute. What the hell is that thing? What's a loath cat doing on this planet? Yeah. Um, but anyways, I just thought it was. I thought it was cool. Nice. Um, but no, I think that I think the volunteer is Snoke, and I think those are early attempts at cloning Palpatine, and it took longer to get him right, or as as right as they did by the time we get to Rise of Skywalker. He wasn't looking too good in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> No, which, I mean, shows they probably should have taken another 25 years to tune that bad boy up. Oof. Fingernails all broke, got a big old machine hanging them, you know, down. I was like, what the crud is this? I don't know if you remember those movies. Do you remember the Hellraiser movies? Uh, I never saw any of them, but I am familiar. And apparently there's there's going to be a Hellraiser TV show. I saw parts of them, like, way, way back. Mm-hmm. And there was one where there was a device not too unlike what Palpatine was hooked up to, <laughs> which I'm like, great. Is that where they drew this from? Is <laughs> we went all the way back to Hellraiser for this? Come on now. Listen, it's if if it's if you're if you're if you're stealing from one person, it's theft. If you're stealing from many, it's research. The whole thing is highly suspect. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yes. And just because I. Hated the idea of Palpatine coming back in Rise of Skywalker, as previously documented. Ah, uh, yes, yes, and I have changed my tune on that one. I I was an apologist at the beginning of this year, but COVID wore me down, and now I'm a realist. <laughs> so here we now, are, firmly um, anti Rise of Skywalker. Yes, I actually bumped one of our buyer cells up the list a little bit just to keep with continuity. Okay. Of the episode, so uh, if number three looks a little foreign to you, that would be why. Okay, uh, so the child, who we have a name for now, by the way, I mean, holy frickin' crap, uh, you know, uh, uh, Grogu. Grogu. Uh, no longer just the child or the asset, and certainly not Baby Yoda. Uh, Grogu, as we can now refer him to, uh, refer to him as, uh, stealing food never gets old. And I'm, I'm going to jump ahead of you on this one and say I'm buying because it is the gift that keeps on giving. I want to see more of that puppet stealing food. I don't care if it's friggin' space macaroons or not. I love it. I love every single brilliant second of it that ends up on the screen. It never gets old to mm-hmm. me. Love it. Mm-hmm. I love that 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 Grogu. This this like miniaturized, you know. Well, baby Yoda is is just a, a like an, an intergalactic Hoover in search of like. <laughs> that is just, the oh, I'm sorry. That is the phrase of the of, of of the show, ladies and gentlemen. The intergalactic Hoover. Go ahead, keep he's, going. He's he's like a flurkin. You know, I mean, you remember from Captain Marvel because the whole idea with a flurkin is it's an alien and it has these pocket universes inside of it, so it can it can like swallow these huge things and it stores them in these other universes that are somehow contained in its body that's what that's what grogu reminds me of like it just keeps eating and eating and eating and there's nowhere for it to go you know that to me is the best is is how he's using the force really Mm -hmm. is he's using the force to be able to contain all of this food that he's eating i mean good lord and and actually it's it's not on here but is there a better 
opening to a to a Mandalorian. Well, actually, no. Okay, so another reason why I love these past two episodes: two of the best pre-credits open pre-title openings in the show. So in in episode twelve, we've got Mando is is okay. You got this. You got this. And then you realize Grogu, Baby Yoda, the the child, is in like this in this little like hatch like way down this little thing and like he has him trying to do the rewiring and yes. trying to tell him, no no take the red one and put it where the blue one was yep. and, and then he zaps him and yep. it's just that just that ah, well it was worth a try Are you don't, okay and, don't, and the don't I have like, one in here later on about the child being a mechanic or or, or do oh. we eliminate that one I don't know. I just had to go with that one. And then, oh. and then, of course, like, I mean, oh, my gosh. Yeah, just so great. I mean, I never get tired of Baby Yoda. Never get tired of Grogu, and especially not Grogu eating. Anyways, I didn't mean to monopolize this one. What do you say? Buy or sell? Oh, I'm buying this one. I, I'm. Uh, th- this is his gimmick. This is his gimmick. In, in the wrestling mm-hmm. world, this would be his gimmick. He would be just eating stuff. Eating stuff. Yes. Probably be in I a wanna- tag team with Otis. Oh, I was just going to say, I want to see him and Otis together. Oh, yeah! Just, uh, oh, yeah! Y- yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> just Baby Yoda putting away, like, cheeseburgers and everything else, and Otis behind him. Oh, yeah! I just love the fact that, you know, consistently throughout the series, he employs the Force not only to protect himself, but to acquire the food under which he wants Yes. Do it. <laughs> so oh, yes, I am I am buying this one wholesale. Grogu uh, stealing food will never get old. He will continue to do it. I foresee even at the series finale there will be some kind of 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 stealing of food because he is one hungry uh I guess we don't know the name of the alien uh, race that he is, but he is one mm-hmm. hungry one of them. Yes. Yes, certainly. Absolutely. Our next, our next one up is Cara Dune will join the Resistance slash New Republic. Buy or sell, sir? I'm going to sell this one. Um, so our our resident, you know, New Republic pilot slash Cliff Clavin of the galaxy <laughs> decides to uh, drop by and perform some sort of investigation. And they even refer to him as officer. Like it's it's totally gotten into like intergalactic chips at this point. Yes, <laughs> yes, and and I. I have to go back and look at the summary of, of the episode. I don't remember what exactly he was que- – like, like I think it was the, the uh, event itself that happened, the siege, if you will, um, yeah. was, I think, what he was questioning them on. But, but nonetheless, uh, one of the more interesting conversations with, with one Cara Dune, I love the, uh, the question about, um, did, did you lose anyone on Alderaan? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, like – I don't quite understand what he was fishing for there other than to make conversation, but it's like when you're talking to someone who's from a planet that is now obliterated, I'm guessing there was some loss there. Potentially. Yeah. You know there, I mean potentially quite honestly, and I was gonna save this for its own thing later, but you know what? It deserves to be mentioned now. There is no dumber question in the galaxy than that. Oh my did you, gosh. Did, did you lose anyone on Alderaan? I I just wanted to turn around and be like, they blew up the planet, you dummy. <laughs> Like the whole planet, yes, all of it. I kind of like the entirety liken... of the planet, all of the planet, all of the planet. Yes. What part of that do you think that, like, oh no, we were on the south side, we were fine? Like, what? 
You know what? This is the Nothing reason happened you're, there. This is the reason you're out in the outer rim with Paunch. That's why you're out here. This yes. is because is because of statements like that. Yes. Yes. I kind of get the sense from from her character, uh, and and similar to I I, I will quote uh, the actor uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt who played uh, a a uh, Robin so and so I forget his last name from from Batman um, mm, The Dark mm-hmm. Knight Rises. Dick Grayson. Uh, what's that? What's his name? Was his name Grayson? I don't no. think it was. Oh, was it Grayson? I I know his first name. We learned at the end of the movie was Robin. His his natural first name was Robin. Yeah. I don't know what his last name was, but that idea of being kind of disenfranchised with the law enforcement, you know, and 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 the rules they have to live by in terms of battling, you know, bad guys uh, his, like Bane. And, and his name things. is Blake, by the way. Blake, thank you. I kind of think Cara Dune is is kind of more in that vein where she she's she's had her run as part of the rebellion and she does not want to be a part of that. She wants to kind of live by her own creed, kind kind of like kind of like Mando does, mm-hmm. and, and just you know even though she's functioning as Marshal on Navarro, you know it, it seems like she's very much kind of in control of what it is she does and her destiny, and I mm-hmm. think that's where her character kind of operates, and so. The offer was was extended, but I think uh, one Cara Dune will uh, remain kind of the wild card that she has been thus far in the series. That is my sell. Yeah, I, you know, the thing is, had Space Paunch just managed to keep his mouth shut Cliff after, after the initial ask, <laughs> might have had a chance. But then he followed it up with the Alderaan question, and it's like... You know, even even if I was entertaining the thought of joining, I'm not now because y'all must be absolute morons. So no, I'm good. I'm gonna sell. I don't think she will. I and for for the same reasons that you're saying, I I just don't think she will. Uh, so you're gonna actually have to help me out with a bit of pronunciation here because I I, I don't know why I'm completely. Uh, so the Mithral. Yes. So he is the blue alien. That yeah. was in the first episode, first 10 minutes, if you will, if I may channel my inner Jimmy Dice of season one <laughs> and just say that uh, he was a character who was tracked down by the Mandalorian originally, put into Carbonite, returned mm. to Grief Karga on Navarro, and has apparently been thought out and utilized as an accountant <laughs> with a debt of 300 years that he must <laughs> fulfill. As you do. As one does when they've been frozen in carbonite. Uh, which, I am, which makes uh, me wonder exactly how long is Grief Karga planning on living? Cause I, I don't know, but he, but he apparently wants to milk this one for as long as humanly possible. But this one is, will the Mithriel, uh, or sorry, the Mithriel will be in carbonite again before the end of the series. Uh, I'm actually going to buy this one. I think it'd be a funny gimmick. You know, we talked about how in Star Wars you can't have comedy with with actual jokes, but through mm. things that happen. And I thought it'd be kind of uh, just a funny touch if at some point, you know, n- maybe not in this season, but in future seasons, this guy uh, runs afoul of grief and uh, grief gets Mando on the case and Mando has to carbonize him one more time. So I, uh, I'm, I I'm buying this one. This is a silly one, but I figure... Uh, little comedy i'm gonna buy for a slightly different reason i think it's going to be an intentional part of a plan 
that's how they're going to use him to sneak him in somewhere, that they're going to have to get him in somewhere as part of a larger plan somewhere, and they're going to have to put him in carbonite. And it'll be this moment of like, oh, man, I can just see out of my eye again now. You know, and this whole, <laughs> and like, I'll wipe off another hundred years of your, which, I mean, was one of the best gimmicks going in that. It's just mm-hmm. grief constantly, like, leveraging those years of debt against this guy yes. to get him to do stuff. Yes. Oh, my god. That gosh. was fantastic. Oh, that was so much fun. Oh, and just them just them back and forth was great. I like your idea though of, of using like having him in carbonite as some, you know, other means to some mission they're trying to carry out. Yeah. I I think that's a interesting way to kind of use him, um, while also working the gimmick, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, the this episode being uh, chapter twelve had the best use of speeder bikes to date. Buy or sell, sir? I wrote this one, so I'm going to buy it. Of course. I really, really liked how they use speeder bikes in this episode. I, I really thought it was a very, very cool touch to have them kind of approach, uh, you know, kind of a target going on on a downhill. And Mm. not only that, but actually having some of them struggle with it and blow up (laughs) as they were going down. (laughs) That's just the way the Empire rolls anyways. Just throw sheer numbers at it, and eventually enough of them will get through to to make it work. Inaccuracy is almost a mark of excellence in the Empire. It's, oh. It is. It is like the epitome of in the bl- in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Like if you yes. can hit somewhere close to the target, you're a sharpshooter mm-hmm. in the empire. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to hit the target. Like, oh wow, he winged it. Yes, there, there's our sharpshooter, ladies and gentlemen. But for the oh. ones that made it, I I, I just yeah. found it to be kind of a refreshing take on that vehicle. Um, the idea of them kind of having a launch off of a, a elevated platform, kind of going down, mm. you know, this sort of hill, if you will, uh, with with it obstacles. Was a cliff, basically. I a mean, cliff. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. But 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 utilizing those vehicles in that way, we had never seen that before. We had only ever seen speeder bikes on just flat surfaces. Thought it was just a, a really fantastic touch to to just kind of apply another dimension to those vehicles and and to mm. have them you know, play a role in, in, in the pursuit in some way. I mean, Grief and Kara and the Mithriel are, are getting are, are trying to make their escape. Um, they're doing so through this 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 tank vehicle and having the speeder bikes Which go was after them. Awesome, by the way. Oh yeah. That oh yeah. That thing. And the expression on on Carl Weathers' face at when they go over the edge and they're going straight down was priceless. Yes. Yes. Oh, I got a huge laugh out of that when I was watching it again tonight. Oh, it was great. And I gotta say, real quick, just shout out to Carl Weathers. Quite the tweeter, might I add. Yeah. He he is active on Twitter, my friend. He is all over it. He is he's out there pimping the show and and the episodes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I, I I, I find myself liking more of his stuff than most. Episode 12 was directed by him, and it was, I mean, it was a great episode. A lot of good, really good action. Like the mm-hmm. whole, one of the better action sequences in a show that has had some really good action sequences. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and I, it's tough to really even say, actually, it's tough to say it's a great action sequence because they've all been so different. Yeah. Yeah. They they really haven't given you the same old same old every time. There's there's always something a little different. Like yes. this reminded me of almost like the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, like the tank chase, but mm-hmm. you know, of course, much faster. Uh, and yeah, oh, it was, oh, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, I, I thought this was a, a great element. Something new, something you hadn't seen before, and, and it just added to the uh, to, to the chase, which mm. eventually turned into a, a, a TIE fighter chase, if you will. Mm. Which uh, so, so what is your, your, your take on this? Oh, bye. Yeah. I mean, it's it was so well used in the visual. I mean, the visual of them going off that cliff and then and then rolling down like almost a vertical incline was just it was gorgeous. And like you said, even the ones that, you know, that bumped into each other and blew up and all that. Oh, yeah. And and, and of course, chasing down the down the tank and, and, and trying to use, uh, you know, their maneuverability in that canyon was oh yeah uh, top notch top notch but of course as usual it doesn't work out for the imperials no whatsoever no they always have the numbers but it never quite works out no not really uh so next one up tie fighters will eventually hit their target buy or sell i'm selling this one man jeez louise it's like uh, it's it's almost like a, a hallmark of the TIE fighter that it not hit the very thing it's going for. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, Again. don't get me wrong. That chase sequence through the canyon was fantastic. was just mm-hmm. fantastic. Well done, well shot, a lot of great action. But I got to tell you, uh, TIE fighters, not quite going to hit their target ever, ever. No. No, it is it is a miracle. And by the way, I, I'll, I'm I'm a sell on this as well. It is how in the world? How, no, no, pardon me. How in the universe did the Empire take over anything bigger than like a lemonade stand with accuracy like this? Mm-hmm. How? Like I still maintain to this day, to this day. That a lot of Star Wars fans were pissed off with J.J. Abrams' The Force Awakens because when the stormtroopers came out of those ships, they were actually hitting things. And people were like, this isn't Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to hit things. It's like, oh, wow. And then you notice after that, the stormtroopers, after that that movie, went right back to not being able to hit the broadside of a barn. Yep. You know? Yep. Oh, my gosh. It's so infuriating. And the other thing that's infuriating is, and again, I'm, I, we're, we're picking nits and we're talking about a, a series based on space magic. Mm-hmm. But here are TIE fighters, okay? TIE fighters are able to fly in space. They're able to escape the atmosphere of a planet unaided, correct? Correct. They can't catch this flying tank thing down in the canyon, though. Like, they're going at the same speed as that thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I know it's a fictional show. I know this. But even within that fictional show, how does it make any sense at all? It doesn't. <laughs> Seriously. It like, doesn't. How? Oh, my gosh. It's infuriating that it's I, like they would. I how come they're not this. taking multiple passes? They're always just behind it, but yet they always seem to be gaining on it. Like, how could you mm-hmm. constantly be gaining on it and never overtake it? I. I will say this about about the episode, and I guess this is why this is my one nit to pick about it, which is especially when the vehicle that Grief, Kara, and the Mithril are in breaks free of the canyon and is in the wide open. Mm-hmm. It seems really far fetched to me that they can't hit it at that point. I mean, oh, if, if yeah. you can't hit it at that point, the Tie Fighter is faster than that vehicle. Yeah. Then Empire's got bigger problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, 
but again, here's here's the thing, and it's it's part of the legacy of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Is you're kind of you're kind of stuck with that. Like you I can't know. just all of a sudden make these things work well. You're kind of stuck with that, and you have to try and tweak it over over like generations. It seems to me. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it's the same as like. Yeah, again, like it makes you just wonder how did they ever take over the galaxy? How? How? They can't hit anything. Oh my goodness. Anyways. <sighs> I feel better about that after getting that rant out. I just I feel cleansed. I really do. I feel I feel better. I feel better. It's like I've done an hour and a half of yoga and then had like a coffee enema cleanse. I'm feeling go. good. Go. Feeling good. Nice. So let's get on to the next one here. Buy or sell. Empire will build guardrails around major control panels at some point in the series. I'm selling. I'm selling. Every single place they have a control panel, it's in the most dangerous possible area that it could be, and and you could fall over and, you know, just hurt yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm, whether it's I'm, the Death Star or whether it's in this this bunker, it's like, for crying out loud, do they not believe in OSHA? <laughs> well, think about it. When they were, and yeah, and this one really does take the cake, because it's not only like it's a sheer drop, it's like a sheer drop into lava. Like, it's almost like they're, it's, it's like Favreau's kind of winking at you like, yeah, I know, it's stupid, but we have to because this is canon. But remember when they had the first Death Star? Like, the dudes who are running that are right there next to where the freaking laser beam is coming through. <laughs> like, like could have reached out and, like, taken a finger off. Yeah. Yep. Like, wow. Again, Empire doesn't care about safety because we'll just throw numbers at it. Apparently no one has vertigo happen. in this galaxy because, no. <laughs> because no, no they, they design all these things with, with, with people with perfect balance in mind who aren't going to get thrown off by the height and by yeah. the fact that there's like nothing protecting them from falling into the vat of lava. Nothing whatsoever. Oh, my oh. gosh. Yeah, yeah. I'm a sell on that as well. Uh, oh. So next up... Um, I threw a new one in. Sorry. Yes, you did. Oh, totally ruined up my mojo here. But I'll I'll roll with it anyways. Buy or sell. Razor Crest repair time is believable. This is another aspect of the episode I'm going to sell on. Um, mm. It seemed really convenient that the Razor Crest was repaired <laughs> in perfect working order. Oh yeah. With, with within a day. I mean, he, he limps in there, held together by like fishing line, like six pound test is holding him together. And somehow these mechanics, especially the one that's a little uh, suspect over there, there's two of them, two of them too. That's, two of that's them all it took. apparently can repair this this hunk of junk in in no time. Yeah, uh, I just call that into question a little bit. I don't mean to take away from the episode. It was an excellent episode. Um, love the effect of it. It just would have helped if they had like a maybe an evening in there somewhere where Mando's just hanging. You know what I mean? Like like give us a sense of time that he's spending in Navarro because it just seems like he comes in with the thing ready to fall apart and they got it repaired in like half an hour. You know what I mean? He, oh yeah. Cause well he jets back. Yes. I mean, he takes out like what, two or three other tie fighters, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. He takes out three, three. Yeah. And, and fishing line he was held together by for crying out loud. Now I, I am, I am, uh, I am selling on this as well, but, I will say, responsible for one of the most, like, just fun sequences in in The Mandalorian so far with just the, the dogfight contrasted with, with, with Grogu in the, in the jump seat, just like, ah! 
<laughs> just loving life, eating macaroons, yep. and then just puking all over himself. <laughs> you know what? That kid's living the dream. Oh, he is. Oh, he is. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. Absolutely. So I'm willing to overlook it on just because it gave us that. And you know what? I'll, I'll number one. It's Carl Weathers and. You know, Carl does no wrong, in my opinion. I mean, Action Jackson was a little meh, but you know, know, one second, one second. That's hard for a man of my intelligence to handle. (laughs) Ding, ding. (laughs) And just so you know, yes, I was totally doing the thing with the glove, as I was saying. (laughs) I bet you were. But yeah, if if that's what it took to get us that that sequence, you go on with your bad self, Carl. You go on with your bad self. So you're buying, huh? Uh, well, no, I'm I'm selling. Sounds like you're buying, my friend. Yeah, you're right. I'm buying. You're buying. Come on. I'm buying. I'll I'll, I'll cop to that. All right. Next up, uh, Moff Gideon's troop of dark troopers are force sensitive. Buy or sell? Uh, And I'm guessing that you're buying because you have a link of for evidence. (laughs) (laughs) Our listeners can't see the outline we're working off of, but yes, I have a link to back up my my thesis. Our listeners don't actually believe we have an outline. They just think they really, I I mean, I would rambling on the two of us. I I re-listened to this after we've recorded it to edit, and I don't believe we have an outline. And I mean, I was there when we recorded it. So why would they? So I don't know, but I'm going to buy this one. (laughs) I'm going to buy this one. Um, I... At first, I didn't make the connection to this, admittedly. However, after reading some reviews and some other, you know, kind of articles with thoughts on where this is going, one thing that really kind of fascinated me was uh, the fact that they, that Favreau and Filoni may be pulling in a concept that was first introduced in a uh, a mid-90s video game called dark forces uh and it was there was then there was dark forces 2 uh jedi knight uh which was a very very good game um and the idea that uh these troopers are now i don't know if they're like fully human fully droid or kind of a hybrid Mm -hmm. but the idea behind them was at least in the video game was they were in essence a force kind of infused trooper so they had force sensitivity, especially in the second game. That that was a new concept that was introduced. Second or third game, I, I it's been a while, so I may, I may have that wrong. Um, I think there might have been three games with Jedi Knight being the third one. But the idea that you would have troopers, stormtroopers, who were essentially force infused, who had some force abilities, not to the level of a Jedi, but something that was a bit more formidable than a standard stormtrooper. Um, I think Which I, wouldn't take much. Your average bank security guard appears to be more formidable than a stormtrooper. Yes, well, and maybe a force-infused stormtrooper actually would hit something when they shoot. But yeah, nonetheless, maybe nonetheless, stay on target. I, I think the concept is interesting, especially when you when, when you look at how the Mandalorian, in a lot of ways, is, is a very superior gunfighter. Loosen up. Um, has superior armor, especially mm. once we get into the next episode and poses a significant threat to now him and the child uh, if this is what Moff Gideon chooses to employ to kind of extract the asset, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to be back into his possession. Yeah, so, I, so I'm buying this one. Um, I think if they do go the route of, you know, kind of taking a concept from a video game and bringing it into quote-unquote canon, I think that's a really, really 
you know, cool move on their part um, to try to leverage, you know, a concept uh, and, and bring it into Mandalorian. If they, in fact, do that, I mean, this just continues to make this series such a, a, a you know, step above and, and almost an evolution, if you will, from the movies to, to just kind of deepen, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the visual canon, um, you know, in this TV series by mm. by bringing these concepts in and and you know it kind of goes back to the thing we talked about where you know unlike the movies the tv shows allow you to to provide like a depth mm. that 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 movies just don't allow you to get into because you have to kind of close it out in two two and a half hours mm-hmm. and this sort of detail is something that they may not you know really focus on so mm. I'm pretty excited if that's where they're going. I don't know if they are, and I didn't make that connection initially, but uh, but yeah, I, I I'm I'm buying this one. I'm hoping this is where they're going, and I think it would be a really interesting wrinkle for the Mandalorian and and for the show overall. You know, I was gonna sell on this. However, I convinced you. <laughs> at the moment you said force infused, and I was thinking about like. Like in like a pineapple infused vodka, that I can think of a stormtrooper being infused. Sure, why not? I'll go with that. Why not? I'm popping the, the seltzer on that one, my friend. There you go. You go ahead and celebrate on that one. Right. You know what? Better yet, just pour it all over yourself like you just won the World Series. Um, <laughs> oh. Hey, it's the laundry room. Who cares? And so, the, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. How'd you You're, know? <laughs> your recording studio uh and so uh i can't say much i'm in my basement so um actually you remember last last summer when i recorded out in the garage and i had to turn off the furnace wasn't that weren't those great times actually i think we were both recording in garages at that point that was uh season one of free range idc the garage edition yeah it was great anyways the other part is you know what i'm totally buying this because quite honestly in the in the same sort of fashion of of Favreau and company are just showing off, grabbing something out of a video game and saying, "Yeah, by the way, this is canon now. Deal with it." Totally in line with, with what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Just makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I'm I'm buying. I am a buying. Nice. Next up, buy or sell. Ahsoka Tano has the most badass debut in the Mandalorian thus far. I can't argue. I cannot argue. I, you, one thing I'll say with that, that I really appreciated with, with Chapter 13, rather than replicate what they did with Bo-Katan Do it. And, and introduce the character in the way that they did with Bo-Katan, Do it. I really like the fact that they started Chapter 13 with her. Yes. Like do it. That to me, like I'm sitting there watching this, and and my my comment, you know, I'm watching with with my sons and, and my wife, and I and my comment right away was, "Wow, they're they're not messing around. They're bringing her out right away." <laughs> yeah, and it's and it and, it, and at first I was like, I mean, because I was rewatching it today, and I'm like, why wouldn't you try and hide her? Why wouldn't you yes. try and make it wonder? But then they're like, yes. everybody knows. As soon as you see the white lightsabers, as soon as you like, no, no, let, let's just catch this right in. Let's like, we don't have time to waste. We're jumping right in. So I mean, as soon as she like, you, the lightsabers come on the first time, it was just like, oh, that's Ahsoka Tana. If if you know who it is, you know who it is. 
Like there's no there's no playing around with it, no nothing. You know, I love the fact that they did that. Yes, I I totally agree and just jumped right in like here she is. And yep. oh by the way, she's about as badass as anybody you've seen. And yes. you've just seen, you know, Mando all this time and Bo Katan. Now, ad- admittedly, you know, I haven't fully watched Clone Wars. I haven't fully watched or I really haven't watched Rebels at all. So I I don't have a concept of her character from those shows. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit from Clone Wars because I watched a few seasons with my sons, but I didn't watch like the end season. Do it. I really liked how they kind of stayed true to her character, though. You know, from, from mm. what I remember of her from Clone Wars, you know, she was someone not to be trifled with, mm. but she has this heart. You know, she, mm-hmm. she brings this heart from her character in, into what she does, you know, and, and what she does is not done lightly. You know, she has a purpose, she has a mission, she has a reason. And I really liked how they they kind of played that up, not only in terms of her taking on, um, I don't remember the character's name, but the I, what, what I will call the evil magistrate of this village. Mm-hmm. But also in her interactions with, Mandal- with the Mandalorian and with uh, Grogu. Mm. Because... She she and, and this is a credit to Rosario Dawson. She plays this. She's a character who's who, who can be vicious if pushed to that point. But she's also one of the calmest kind of p- most peaceful characters as well. Yes. You know what I mean? Like like she rides mm-hmm. that line so beautifully in this episode that that I I just you know I I I knew when Filoni was directing this, or I shouldn't say I knew, but I was hoping that this was where she would be introduced and it would make sense because he, of of all people, would know how to properly kind of bring that character in to yeah. this live-action universe. Mm-hmm. And he, he did just such an amazing job with that because, uh, and, and like I said, Dawson just played it amazing. You know, she she just brought that that heart of the character to, to you know, the live-action version and, and made it real which was just so fun to watch. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of Rosario Dawson. I actually think and I mean, go ahead and I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of the movie Clerks too, which as you might guess is the sequel to Kevin Smith's Clerks. Go figure. Uh, but she plays a very prominent part in that and I think Kevin Smith uh, in the commentary track has this great way of putting it like it's so hard it's almost impossible to not fall in love with her on the screen. Like she just sparkles off the screen and and is so is is just grounded. There is just something about how she portrays characters that is so grounded in a humanity and that is just so relatable and and, and comes across the screen so well. You know, and that and that is so that part of Ahsoka Tano that you're talking about there when she's just sitting there and those little smiles and all of that, she just does that so well. Oh my gosh, I love that. And and I do love the fact that it, it kind of got me thinking, like it helps to kind of explain, you know, seeing who Ahsoka Tano is kind of helps to explain a little bit who Luke becomes in the post-school trilogies. Because Ahsoka Tano has this kind of edge. Like when she's, you know... She doesn't just say, like, I don't care about any of your villagers, but she doesn't come right out and say, like, that she does. There is a little, there's a little bit of ambiguity there with her, 
And I mean, it totally factors in. Like, she watched her, her one of her teachers, like the person who kind of was like her most direct, you know, master, and and, and the person who she looked up to the most, completely turned to the dark side as a fully trained Jedi Knight. As she says in this episode, you know, I've seen what can happen. Like she watched Anakin Skywalker turn to to who would become Darth Vader. Right. If you think back, now that's almost like what you would what you would see if like you are the you are the son or the daughter of Darth Vader, correct? You'd watch this person who you looked up to above all else turn in this way. And then think about Luke kind of going through that in some sort of indirect way because he didn't watch it, but now he knows and he watches this whole thing. And even though there's some redemption, he knows that his father went this direction and was responsible for all of these horrible things. And he has that baggage in his own heart. And then he has to go through it on the opposite direction of, of he's going to become the teacher. And he watches like one of his most promising pupils turn to the dark side. Well, who in the hell wouldn't be bitter about that? Like, you've just seen it go in both directions, like how how wrong it can go. I mean, yeah. for people who are like, I don't like Luke when he gets all, you know, jaded and stuff. It's like, well, look at what this dude has gone through. <laughs> I right, mean, right. how are you not jaded? And then, and then, of course, you're watching the Empire be resurgent. Yeah. Okay, so basically what you're saying is everything I've done amounts to... Thanks. Okay, I'm gonna go hide out in these planet with these like penguin-looking things and the fish ladies who take care of the place, and just leave me alone. I'm gonna go drink some blue milk out of the the gigantic mongoose thing that lays there, and I milk it. And yeah, it's gross, but you know what? Hey, this is my life. Um, I get it. But oh my gosh, that debut! What I I mean, buy this every day of the week, twice on Sunday just a total ass kicking and badass person and then just to kind of have that no nonsense in dealing with this magistrate like you know you kind of really get a feel for who this character is right away mm-hmm. right from the jump mm-hmm. oh my gosh and i love the fact that rosario dawson had asked like years ago that i want to play this character if she's ever in real life i want to play her yep. and i'm so glad that she is such a great choice for this oh couldn't imagine. I mean, just like having Katie Sack off as Bo-Katan, I'm so happy that she's playing this character. Nice. Oh, nice. love it. Nice. All right, next up. Sorry, I could go on and on about Rosario Dawson for another hour. Um, anyways, uh, so the quote-unquote dark cloud in Grogu's memory will come back to bite Mando. Buy or sell? Uh, I'm going to buy this one. You know, like like like... With any sort of storytelling device, you're kind of drawn into those things that are not, you know, well explained. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if what ends up becoming of this dark cloud phase in his memory ends up being something that the Mandalorian will regret not maybe kind of diving into a bit more. Now, it seems like Ahsoka can't make heads or tails of it either, you know, so it, it, yeah. it may be something that no one can really kind of fully understand. But I'm just wondering if this will be something that comes down the line that ends up... I don't really view it as the Mandalorian being undone by this, but I, I believe it to be a challenge that mm. he will have to face. 
yeah. uh, of, of some kind. Now, it could also be as simple of, of an explanation as it literally is just he just has this dormant period where he's just not active, you know, that he's, mm. he's in hiding because this is how the Mandalorian finds him. Which is totally unbelievable because, I mean, this thing needs to eat like every five minutes. Well, apparently. Or, or th- <laughs> that or he's just making up for lost time. You know, this this could explain. Wow, I hadn't thought of it that way. You know, like he's just super hungry because he's been kind of like hibernating for the last 30 years or something. Like, yeah, like a like a like a, a Yoda bear sort kind of thing. Of. Yeah. Yeah. Now, right. one thought and I, I don't have a link to an article so i may be misremembering this so so take mm-hmm. this with a grain of salt okay i got my salt shaker here but what i thought i read somewhere was there's a possibility that potentially this grogu was being kind of hidden out with yoda on dagobah i thought i read that somewhere which may explain the dark cloud because if you think about dagobah right Yoda yeah. went there to as a, as you know basically a hiding place from the emperor. Yeah, and they had that that dark force area, okay? Right, there there was an area of the dark side of the force. And I'm wondering if Yoda for a period of time was protecting Grogu. <sighs> so I mean I- that's the one area I can see where maybe this doesn't come back to bite, Ban- you know, to, to bite Mando because he's because this dark cloud ends up being kind of this period of time where he's being hidden away, you know. Because let's face it, Yoda was going to get hunted down one way or another, so he had to find somewhere to go where he could hide himself well, so the Emperor would I, not find him. All right, so here's the thing: I can see this both ways. Uh, I can see, I can totally see your theory because the idea, uh, all the, th- the tough part for me is understanding how Yoda would not train the child. Yes. Right. In order to, in order to further his, his education and, 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 and help him to become, you know, one with a force and, 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 and a power for good. However, I can also see it was, well, of course he isn't going to train him because then that's going to make him a beacon Mm-hmm. For you know, and 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 Yoda's trying to hide out, uh, and that's what I'm, I'm wondering gonna... is Yoda is waiting for Luke, like Luke is the one that he's supposed to train, and he's yeah. just merely protecting Grogu until such time as he needs to have someone come get him and take him somewhere else. Well, here's the thing: I'm going to sell on this because I actually think it can go the other way, and I think it could still even work into what you're talking about. I, I mean, in a way, I'm talking into the sell part of it. I'm not really selling the buy part of it a whole lot. <laughs> but yes, because and sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But what one mm. one thing that that hasn't been explained yet is what is that group in Episode One, Season One that is protecting him? Right? I mean, Mando has Mando and IG88 have to go shoot through a bunch of guys to get to him, and we don't know well, who that group is. Hmm, that is a good point. So, so it may be something that was set up by, you know, Yoda and others. I don't know, but I'm just mm. saying. I'm basically, I'm, I'm basically building a case for the cell. <laughs> I, I'm not well, doing a great job of buying on this one. <laughs> yeah, you're. Yeah, this is. Um, but I think it will. Look- I think it'll come back and bite Mando. Go ahead. You, you might want to stick with engineering because I don't think sales is your strong suit on it, this one. No, no it's not. So here's the thing. I can I could go with the idea that 
those the people who had uh, the asset at the beginning of season one were I mean because again it's post empire it's a lawless time and somehow they had come to acquire the asset and knew that the empire wanted the asset and were trying to hold it for ransom and the empire thought you know what or or what uh, Warner Herzog's character thought you know what how uh, oh my gosh it's a it's almost like a Oh my gosh! Have you ever watched Desperado, Robert Rodriguez movie? Oh yeah. So the idea when when the bartender and the other guy are, are talking about how much they have to pay the guy, and they're just like, ah, just kill him. It's cheaper. And I think that could be the idea. Like they're just like, well, gee, we could pay these these people who have the asset that we want, or we could just put a bounty on this thing and send in like ten bounty hunters, and eventually somebody will get them, and it'll be cheaper than what we have to pay these yahoos. And they just kind of got lucky that the Mandalorian was able to do it. I think that could be an explanation for it. I'm going to sell because I actually think that this could end up becoming the thing that comes back and saves Mando. That this dark cloud, this dark part of his memory Mm -hmm. ends up being something that might have been like a defense mechanism. And it's not like a dark side of the force. It's just like him covering, like Grogu kind of covering up bad memories. And that maybe that was part of like, and it could have even been that he was hidden with Yoda and Yoda covered his memory at that point to to protect him, you know, and to keep him childlike so that he wouldn't kind of become old before his time because of all the trauma that that was happening at that point. I don't know. That's kind of, I, I think it might end up coming coming back to be a positive rather than a negative, I guess is what I would try to say. I could see it. Well, I'm glad you can see that. I can that. see that. As as they say at the end of the Spaceballs crawl, if you can read this, you don't need glasses. <laughs> Buckle up back there. We're going into hyperactive. Just to bring that all the way around. You know what? We gotta we gotta do ourselves a a commentary track for Spaceballs. I think so. I, I think we have an episode concept in the making. Oh, I mean, yeah. This is production in the middle of production. That's just how efficient we are. They've gone to plan. Uh So next up, buy or sell the evil magistrate was killed by Ahsoka. Uh, I'm going to sell this one because I believe Ahsoka to be someone who does not take life lightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we see her um, go through those those guards in uh, pretty vicious and ninja-like fashion in the beginning mm. and in kind of the three-quarters of the way through the episode uh, point, Oh, by the by, the, just just to cut in for one second, like the first one that she takes out, where she like does the double chop through the guy and through the tree. Oh yeah, and then t- and then takes that chunk that she like cuts out of the trunk and shoots it at another guy. Yes, <laughs> and then and then the trunk falls down and it hangs there for one second, and then just slowly falls. <laughs> I was like, "Damn you, Felony! Damn you! That was good. Oh, you diabolical I- genius, you!" I need to light up a cigar after watching that. I mean, oh, good Lord. <clears throat> While sitting in the bathtub and just basking in the... <laughs> oh, hell no! Hey, you know what? If you're embarrassed by something, you just uh, go back to it, and eventually it becomes a it becomes a gimmick. That's, that's just what funny. I'm... That's what I'm going with. It's, mm-hmm. it's called the Mick Foley School of Embarrassment. There you go. There you Thumbs go. up, cheap pop. Thumbs up, one cheap pop. One, one of the patron saints of Free Range ADC, by the way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, but uh, supports us so, fully. He does. 
Yes, Foley supports us fully. <laughs> Say that three times fast. <laughs> and if you've had Maker's Mark, good luck. Uh, yes. Um, I, I, you know what? Uh, okay, so you were, you were, I, I rudely interrupted you. Go, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm just thinking that even though we saw the the true magistrate get reinstated at the end of the episode, I don't know that Ahsoka dispensed of the one that was standing in for him. Mm. Um, Morgan Elsbeth? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm wondering if uh, she still carries with her some of the Jedi code of, of mercy and just casted her out. But we didn't see any of that. So we also didn't see her strike her down. So it's it's hard to say which way it goes. But I'm going to sell on the idea that she, that she was killed because I, I just think the Ahsoka Tano character, you know, still maintains some of that, that goodness of, of what the Jedi were about, uh, even though she is not really uh, part of the Jedi, so to speak, by her own choice. But, mm. uh, but I think she still carries some of the elements of them, and uh, I think uh, she got her answer, and uh, from her, but but I think she also d- you know dispensed of her in in a way that did not result in the taking of her life. So I'm selling. I'm going to sell for a slightly different reason. All right, and I I think it it does tie into what you were saying. I think Ahsoka definitely still has some of that Jedi ethos. However, I think it's also for a practical reason. Mm-hmm. That she is going to hang on to her because I got you dead to rights. I don't. I can kill you, but I don't have to. I've now got you beat. If I just throw you in a hole somewhere, I've always got you, and I can use you as leverage. I think she's she becomes a, a, a serious like bargaining chip for Ahsoka down the line, and especially if she now if if all it takes is like taking out this you know this magistrate and her guards and her hired gun, and you've got that planet like okay well why not hang on to her why do i need to kill her Mm -hmm. i've already eliminated the threat and i've got the people on my side i can i could salt her away here in a cell and unless she's got some sort of hidden jedi powers or anything like that like if i throw in her cell pretty sure she's still going to be there i've taken out all of her kill bots and you know and all of her goons why not that's a that's a little thing i can always go back to and cash that chip in later Mm -hmm. that's what i think Mm -hmm. So uh, now we get to, uh, and I, I, I adored this because, quite honestly, let's just get this right out there. If if we're gonna come down to it with a man with Mando, Mando is your Huckleberry. He really is. I mean, I was waiting need- for him. I was waiting for that uh, that that term to get uttered in the episode. Oh yeah, I'll that, be oh, your Huckleberry. I, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> oh my gosh! So the Mandal—I mean, this isn't even a buy or sell, but Mandalorian Johnny Ringo moment. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, can we just have a moment of appreciation for Michael F. and Bean? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. The original. Amen, brothers. Uh, preach it. I mean, the Terminator, uh, Hicks. Somebody wake up, Hicks. Uh, I mean, Johnny Ringo. I mean, the the dude who was the lead on SEAL Team, uh, the SEAL Team in, in The Rock. I mean, any number of different roles. Michael F. and Bean popping up in this out of nowhere and just casual, like just walks out there like, sup, by the way, I was in Terminator. <laughs> like, 
because we were watching that on Friday, and I almost, I almost, and 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 I thank goodness I have some degree of restraint in my old age. As as I saw that scene, I was I almost yelled out, "Is that Michael <laughs> Bean?" Right? Oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'll have to I'll have to actually edit that a little bit, but I almost said, "Is that Michael F and Bean?" Right there, mm-hmm. uh, without the effing, with a much more uh, colorful word, and uh, oh my gosh! But yeah, the the moment where the where Mando and and Johnny Ringo himself facing down, oh, why Johnny Ringo? It seems like someone just walked over your grave. <laughs> oh, oh, it was awesome! Oh my gosh! I, you know what? I need someone to. I need someone to have that whole scene, and then it just at the very end, after he takes takes him out with that just the hip shot, just ping, just to be like, I'm your Huckleberry. It just so, as he reholsters the gun. So, that's so, all I need in life. So I have to ask you: Did, did you recognize him at first as Michael Bean? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, because it took me a little bit, and it literally wasn't until the standoff. Well, I recognized him. But I doubted myself because I was like, okay. ah, could it be? Might it not be? But it, when I first saw him, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's Michael effing Bean. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no, couldn't be. And then he started talking. I'm like, oh, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And oh, my gosh. And the fact that like he's the gun that he's carrying is it looks so much like a pump action shotgun, which, as we all remember in Aliens, Hicks used to keep around for close encounters. Mm-hmm. I mean, come, damn you, Favreau and Filoni. Oh, they just, just oh. Paul Heyman bowed down to the diabolical genius of Filoni and Favreau. Oh my good lord! Oh, from now on, we we can't even say just Dave Filoni. It has to be, it has to be Dave Filoni. <laughs> you know, like you have to get that. You have to get that Heyman like grit in there, like you're saying Brock Lesnar or something now. Like Brock Lesnar isn't even Brock Lesnar. He's anymore. earned He's now. it now after oh. this. Oh my gosh! Oh, these guys are just playing with house money, and they're playing mm-hmm. like like they got nothing to lose. It's oh, it's gorgeous to watch, and that whole interaction where I love how like you have. You have Els Elsbeth and 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 Ahsoka having this duel, and you have like, you have Michael Bean and and Mando there, just like who you think's gonna win. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so, like honestly, if if Dave Filoni didn't direct this episode, I would have been like Quentin Tarantino so totally directed this episode. Mm-hmm. I agree, <laughs> I agree. There was so many moments where I'm like, are we in Django Unchained? Like, what's going on? No, like this was the moment that I knew it was Bane or or Michael Bane in this role. And, you know, I just didn't recognize him at first. Maybe it's due to the costume. Maybe it's due to just age. Well, yeah, I think he's had something happen. His speech is definitely different. Okay. So, so, but seeing him and then seeing that dialogue between him and Mandalorian play out, I'm like, Mm. oh my gosh, this is like layering of, you know, like, like, like you said, layering of Terminator layering of aliens layering of tombstone uh-huh. especially tombstone i mean oh, especially yeah. when he when he gets down on his knee like you, you know like 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 he's you know playing fake like he's he's done at this point and mm-hmm. mando's hand moves off the gun and he's thinking he's gonna pull one i'm like 
Oh, Johnny total, Ringo. Oh, yeah, you that's a glorious, total, glorious John. individual, you. That's a total Johnny Ringo move right there, It too. was. You know it what? was Johnny Ringo just in the Star Wars universe. It was oh, so awesome. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? I, They've done so well doing those kind of like just grabbing people and throwing them out there. And, and oh, it's it's awesome. It really is awesome, you know? I just oh I love that. I can't wait I to see the behind the scenes stuff on, on on this when they're talking about these episodes and they get to the oh. like they talk about this. It's like pulling Michael Bean into this and pulling this Johnny Ringo sort of like Star Wars version of it. I want an entire gallery oh. episode just on that. Oh. Just on that. Like, just, you know what? Just give me, like, the Mandalorian, Fantastic. Star Wars gallery, Mandalorian, like, Johnny Ringo. Just give me that one episode, and just it's just <laughs> freaking Dave Filoni, John Favreau, and, and Michael Bean. And that's it. That's all I want. That's all I want. And you know what? Maybe you bring in Val Kilmer. Just because, why not? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and just because why not? I love it. I love it. And and damn it, just let me know when it's going to happen, and I'm going to have myself. I'm going to have myself a nice glass of bourbon and a cigar. I'm just going to sit there and go. I can die a happy man now. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Are so you going to chomp on that cigar like Hannibal from A Team and be like, I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> oh, so good. Damn. Oh, that that standoff was just top notch. But when that staff falls. Mm. Like when when Ahsoka finally knocks the Beskar spear from uh, from the magistrate's hands, yeah, and they go to the the shot of of you know the the, the Mandalorian and and I'll affectionately call him Johnny Ringo, <laughs> Space Johnny Ringo, Space Johnny Ringo, and he's like, looks like I lost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like. Gosh, Johnny Ringo, baby! <laughs> oh, so good. And apparently his name is Lang. I'm sorry. He's Johnny Ringo. <laughs> yeah. Space Johnny Ringo. That's Space all he is. Space Johnny Ringo. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, it, 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 so was, good. it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, and, and, and I love, and, and just to give you a little bit of, um, if, if I can bring a little bit of reality into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, being Star Wars, one thing I really appreciated with the way they kind of depicted this this city, if you will, last year in in the work I was doing, I had the good fortune to travel out to South Korea, mm. and one uh, and and I was there for uh, a couple weeks, and, I, and so I had a weekend where I could do some sightseeing, and I went to one of the ancient, if you will, or older palaces in the city. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, those palaces were structured very similar to how those cities uh, or how that city was, Mm. where you had an outer gate that you kind of walked into. And then there was a big kind of courtyard Mm -hmm. and you kind of made your way through different parts of it. But the you know, the, the the most prominent or important people, whether it be the prince or the king, was located in the center of it. Mm-hmm. which you ended up you know, kind of seeing in this town where you entered into the inner gate. And it was, of course, you know, well cultivated, a lot of, you know, there was water. It seemed vibrant. Um, I really appreciated how they kind of brought, I think, that kind of culture into the city that they depicted mm. here because it's it, it had that kind of flavor you know, from, from, from that culture where it was very kind of structured with, you know, the outer 
being kind of you know plain and common and then the inner being a bit more rich and mich- and, and a bit more um you know with more vibrancy and life to it mm. you know what i mean yeah um yep. and and it was interesting to kind of see like you know that that fight between ahsoka and the magistrate take place there where they were going back and forth and then you had on the outside you had the two gunslingers mm-hmm. you know what i mean you, you had space johnny ringo and you yeah. had Mandalorian just kind of facing off out there in kind of that outer common area. So so just a little, you know, kind of minor point to bring into it that, that I just appreciated because when I saw that, I'm like, man, they're, they're kind of pulling something from, at least from what I witnessed and, and lived through, you know, being in South Korea. I, I don't know if this is the same for, you know, you know Japanese palaces or, or, or Chinese, but it seems like part of the culture out there was, you know, was, was to have them kind of structured that way. Well, and it makes sense in, in, cause if you look at like normal, even like European castles, like all the, let's put it this way. All the peasants lived outside the castle walls. Sure, and the plan sure. was if someone's attacking, you better get your butt inside the castle walls. Cause otherwise <laughs> good luck. Right. Um, and then inside the castle walls, you know, lived the aristocracy and then inside the keep, which is inside inside the castle walls mm-hmm. that's where the really important people lived so you have these layers of protection and and or, or, and and also layers of kind of privilege and and aristocracy as you go inward the most protected are the also the most affluent Correct. and that was Correct. so um, oh, that was another reason why this episode was so beautiful to like to open up on that inner sanctum in, in those double doors there so he goes in and and you know, they close the doors and you open them and all of a sudden it's this paradise. Yes. Because yes. you've seen nothing but like, because Bo-Katan says, oh, yes, the forest planet. Mm-hmm. And you get there and it's like, uh, ain't nothing here but twigs and dirt. Right. Right. <laughs> ain't no forest. It's just like burnt twigs and dirt. And then you go in and it's this lush garden. Oh my gosh! And uh, so I just happened to look up who played uh, Morgan Elsbeth, and it is Diana Lee Inosanto. And if I've made a slight error in uh, pronunciation of the last name, I apologize. However, just the first paragraph of her biography, and I would in- I'll link this in the show notes because it is freaking fascinating. Diana Lee Inosanto is the is the daughter of martial arts legend Dan and his wife Sue Inosanto. She is also known as the goddaughter of global icon the late Bruce Lee. Mm. Hence Diana Lee. As an American actress, actress, director, writer, martial artist, stunt woman and children's book author, Diane paved a way in a, in the Hollywood ecosystem that is unique, modern and inclusive. Holy sweet good lord. It's like five lives that this woman seems to have lived and now she's in the Mandalorian and yeah. I I'm really hoping that my theory comes true cuz I want to see more of this character now mm-hmm. cuz I'm curious where you go with this. Yeah. Yep. So I will make sure to link that because oh my gosh, this woman seems to be like just a badass. Such a great episode. Such a great episode. Yeah. All right. Uh so we were actually talking about stuff. Uh, Mandalorian Johnny Ringo. There we go. Okay. So, uh next buy or sell. It's only been 15 minutes since we talked about the last one. Uh buy or sell. We will see Ahsoka Tano again during season 2. I'm going to buy this one uh just out of a, a fan's desire to see her again. I, I I do like how they ended it where it wasn't one of those things where Ahsoka just kind of jumps in the razor crest and goes with Mando. You know, she, mm. she's clearly on her own mission. 
you know, we'll get into a little bit about what that mission might be with regard to, you know, her, her quest in terms of understanding, you know, where the master of the evil magistrate is and who we find out that master to be. Uh, because it's a name that we did not think was going to get mentioned. Um, I, I don't think you or you or I thought that this name would get mentioned oh, in this episode. You did. I didn't. So well, let's just say I didn't. I, I did. I appreciate maybe not I this appreciate episode. Your call for unity, but you you were totally on this, and I was off. All right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yes, I, I I would hope to see uh, Ahsoka Tano again. Uh, I'm I'm hoping this isn't the last we see of her for this season. But I liked, again, you know, the fact that, you know, characters like Bo-Katan, like Ahsoka are getting dropped in to the Mandalorian, but they're not necessarily becoming like part of a troop of sorts that are kind of traveling with him. You know, that it's yes, they're, they're able to make that kind of clean break to say she's here to serve this purpose for this story. And then we move on. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love to see Bo-Katan again as well. Uh, but you know, realistically seeing what is going on in the story, it, it'd be, I'd be hard pressed to bring her and the Marshall and Ahsoka together, you know, w- without there being something going on behind the scenes that we're just not aware of. You know what I mean? It just, it seems mm-hmm. like it's just natural that he's interacting with these characters and then moving on. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I'm, I'm going to buy that, that Ahsoka will, will make a reappearance out of a, sense of duty to the Jedi and to uh, one uh, Grogu. I'm going to sell. And here's why. In the same way that last week, or the week before, actually, I should say, I did you a solid and said that we would not see a certain character, which we will not mention until the next buy or sell, and by doing so would guarantee that we would actually see that character. <laughs> I'm going to do you another solid because mm-hmm. you know what as I've said before I love you. Oh good lord, Are you employing a little reverse psychology? Oh hell yes, I'm totally putting <laughs> spin on this cuz I want to see it as much as you do. Oh, but lord. I'm going to sell on this and actually it does make sense from a writer's perspective. Because here's the thing that I kept on coming back to as I was watching this. There's got to be some plan to work all of this into a movie. There has to be. Mm-hmm. You have so much talent. You have so much that you've built up. It's, if, if someone hasn't been on the phone, if someone wasn't on the phone to Favreau after like episode two of season one, like, uh, John... You just go ahead and don't even tell us what you want to get paid. You just fill that part in. Just tell us what your plan is for a movie after, say, season two or three of The Mandalorian. We don't even need to know what your thoughts are on budget. You go right ahead and fill those numbers in later. Just tell us what you need, and you know what? Mickey will write that check for you, let me tell you. (laughs) Do it. Papa Mickey is cutting checks for you, brother. Mm -hmm. And then, you know what? There is no intelligence left in this planet, and we might as well all just kick it in. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's got to be some plan. 
And and the smart thing is you you seed in some of these characters and then you pay them off. You bring them back and you kind of show them a little bit, but then you pay them off in a bigger story. And the thing is, it seems like Marvel is going to kind of do this with some of these series that they're throwing out, like WandaVision and, and, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, seem like they're going to interact with movies. Yeah. And it seems like you're going to need to kind of follow all of it. It's going to be an, in, an an ecosystem that feeds into each other. And we talked, I mean, last year about the idea of how does Star Wars get into the MCU business? Right. You know, and we we started talking about Kevin Feige. I mean, has has son of a mother has Feige been behind this whole damn thing? Maybe Probably. we've been giving Favreau. Cre- I mean, oh, pulling the strings. <laughs> Feige. Um, <laughs> but the smart thing would be, like, you you tease Ahsoka Tano a couple times, but then you really bring her out in a movie, mm. you know? However, I'm doing you a solid by selling on this because it, we know that, like, it, you'll see her the next episode. So, in you know what, my friend, this is a gift to you. This Thank is an early you. Christmas gift. I will, I will accept it with open arms. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And and now we get to uh, the question where uh, he, sh- he who shall not be named until right now. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes. Glorious. Tension on deck. Will make his live action debut at some point in season two. Buy or sell. Oh, what do you think I'm going with, baby? Uh, I'm going to guess a buy. I'm buying. Oh. Way out in a limb there. I mean, geez. I mean, we're, we're three episodes out from the season finale, and I'm I'm banking on now seeing him live and in living color. And you are the vice president of the Thrawn fan club. Oh. And only, only second to Jimmy Dice, you honestly. Betcha. You, you betcha. <laughs> I am. When I heard that name uttered by Ahsoka Tano in the episode, Oh yeah! I was like, "Oh, it is on!" <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I, like literally that. That was the moment I'm By like, "God, that's Grand Admiral Thrones music!" <laughs> no kidding. I mean, I when she said that, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, they're really gonna do it!" <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like beside that was, myself. That was the exact same. I'm pretty sure my wife and my daughter thought I was having a stroke yeah, because I yeah. I jumped forward on the couch and I was like, "What?" Yes. And I had to and like my daughter understood and my my wife is just like, "Huh?" I'm like, "Yeah, quiet, quiet. Just let me enjoy this moment for a, for a few seconds." If it wasn't enough that I pummeled Please. my my family into submission in Kahoot before we watched the episode. After the episode, we jumped on a Zoom call. You're just going to keep on bringing that up, aren't you? Oh, yeah. And and I was like, <laughs> do you guys know who Grand Admiral Thrawn is? There's this whole series of books. And I'm just like going on about it. And I'm like, they're, they're probably at that point is when my, my nephew and nieces were like, okay, Uncle Tim has gone over the edge. <laughs> Here, listen to my podcast. <laughs> You be, you be, you came this close to like starting your own cult. Listen like, to episode forty one. <laughs> here are my scriptures. <laughs> but when when she like this whole episode, she's talking about you know I want to know where your master is, and I'm of course thinking, oh she must be talking about some sort of you know like pseudo like Sith Lord or something. Well, who like did that. who did you think she was? Who did she who think she was talking? I, about? I honestly I didn't know. I I, really, I thought it was Darth Maul. I had no idea. Um, no, Darth Maul did not come to mind. I, I didn't know because, again, you, you know, this this magistrate wasn't a force user. 
So mm. I wasn't thinking so much Sith. I was just thinking, okay, she's just trying to, you know, maybe go after Moff Gideon or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I was. Th- I, I was thinking at that level. And then when she said the three words "Grand Admiral Thrawn," I'm like, "Oh my lord!" <laughs> oh yeah. And like all three, it wasn't just "Where is Thrawn?" Oh it was no, like Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like just to make sure, it's almost like when your mom calls you by your first, middle, and last oh, name. Oh, she just middle to make name, sure, baby. <laughs> just to make sure your dumbass is paying attention. <laughs> I was, I was beside myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, they are going whole hog into this baby. And the thing is, like, Rosario Dawson being as much of a Star Wars fan as she was, you know, reading that script, she was like, oh, I get to say this. Oh, f- thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody somebody, get Katie Sack off on the phone so I can gloat. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No, oh, that, man. That, that was in and of itself a, a moment. Yes. To, I, to, like, to hear I realized... that name uttered was just incredible to me. And... Uh, yeah, so I, I'm buying. I, I'm I am really hoping the season finale is a Moff Gideon reporting to Grand Admiral Thrawn situation. Mm. Uh, when we find out that you know, as as crafty as Gideon is, that it's Thrawn who's been pulling the strings is just going to be phenomenal. And and I'm I'm really that that's what I'm really hoping for is that we're gonna kind of get that that you know pull back even further from what we've been focused on up to this point to see that the world is much bigger for, for the Mandalorian than what we realize that he's dealing with one of the best, uh, the empire has to offer. Let's face it. As I said to my, my extended family, uh, let's face it. This is one of the most competent Imperial officers you'll ever come across. (laughs) So (laughs) not one of, he is the only, (laughs) how dare you put some respect on that name <laughs> he is the only competent <laughs> imperial officer you've ever come across and you know what true timothy's son jobbed him out like friggin al snow at the end of friggin the trilogy oh. uh. and, and, and so i'm i am i am buying this however mm. here's the thing it's going to be a live action debut in the same way that thanos was a live action debut at the end of avengers Yes. You're not actually going to see him. Yes. And here is my fantasy booking pick for the actor to play Grand Admiral Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch. I'm with you. Oh, 100% I'm with you. That almost w- doesn't even need makeup. That was going to be my, that was going to be my guess as well. That was going to be my guess as well. Absolutely. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, if we can bow our heads in prayer, please, for a moment. <laughs> it's been a rough 2020. If you could just give us one thing. <laughs> give us Benedict as, as Grand Admiral Thrawn, would you please? Can we get Stevie a peek? Can we get Benedict a peek? A little high. Can we get him a peek? A little high. That's it. Oh, my gosh. Nobody else gets that reference, but damn it, it makes me laugh every single every time. Every single time. Absolutely. Um, oh, I think that would be – but here's the thing. Like, I think it would be great if you, like, if you saw Moff Gideon reporting. And this is like – I mean, we're talking, like, closing moments of of the the season finale of, mm-hmm. of season two. Mm-hmm. Moff Gideon is reporting, and we just – we pull back, and you just see the shoulder of the white uniform. Mm-hmm. 
and just a little bit of the profile, and then you hear Benedict Cumberbatch's voice. Yes. I'm good with that. I Oh, good Lord. I, I need two cigars after that one. <laughs> just, <laughs> two cigars and a bourbon. Yeah, oh, I'd already have three bourbons by then. I'd just be like, you know, <laughs> I'm good. Take me now. One, two, or um, three fingers. <laughs> as Fats Domino used to say, somebody shoot me while I'm happy. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm good. Oh, nice. yes, but nice. I, I am, I'm a buy on that. Nice. So. All right, next up, uh, because you know we were doing all right with this, but now we've we've definitely slacked, and uh, we're going to slack further with this question. Tim is a Stephen Hawking level genius when it comes to Star Wars buy or sell, and now I am I'm going to go out of order here, uh, and and I'm I'm going to go out of order for a specific reason. Please do. Uh, do tell. I often. Uh, if we could get if 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 reader if readers oh my gosh the listeners actually gave us feedback which you can at tim at freerangeidiocy.com uh if you gave us feedback you'd probably say todd would you please shut your stupid yap occasionally and let tim convey his well thought out opinions come on and to that i would say i probably should but damn it i just can't help myself uh (laughs) Sort of like the four tops. Sugar by Honey Bench, I just can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Um, which becomes really awkward because now I'm talking to Tim. Anyways, so, uh, but I am going to buy on this because he is the person who, I almost want to say since season one, you've been mentioning Grand Admiral Thrawn. Darn tootin', baby. And I've been fighting it because I just, again, I want to see it in a movie. Rightfully I so. I want to see it in a movie. Sound argumentation, uh, sound argumentation on your side. But man, you have been on this. You have been on this like I I don't even know what. Fits the time frame. Uh, so, Fits the time frame, my friends. You are a like Rain Man like savant mm-hmm. when it comes to Star Wars. I uh, you know what? I I bow before your expertise, sir. I'd be more humble, but Kahoot has pushed me over the edge. So <laughs> It's hard to be humble when you're this good and you've got half a bottle of bourbon. I mean, let's face it. When you got a little maker's mark in you, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a, a little ha little you know? <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh, my gosh. You know oh. what? I'm going to have to find I'm gonna have to find that entire Chris Rock segment and post it. I'll see if I can find it and put it in the He's show notes. You should put the audio is... drop in, man, when, when, when we reference no, it. No, Just you... put it in. You need to experience the entire thing. Oh you really do. You do. You're you do. really do. That should be your uh, and another thing, my friend, is the Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, no, I've got another one. I I, oh, believe I me, I got one in the holster for you. Well, Don't you it feels work. wrong for me to comment on this one since it involves me and, and the wonder that is my genius. But um, No, no, you you deserve it. You oh, deserve it, sir. You. you know what? You. If you're going to toot your own horn, toot, 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 toot. Uh, yes, a toot, toot. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, like I said, in the prior buy or sell, I, I was thrilled to hear the three words of, uh, one character's name and, uh, yeah, I called it baby. (laughs) What what can I say? I called it like Babe Ruth calling his shot. (laughs) Do it. I'm going to hit it right there. And I am looking forward. I mean, Filoni and Favreau have not disappointed. (sighs) I am. Very much looking forward to what they have in store for us. And, These guys, uh, man. We will not be disappointed. 
oh, you know what? The thing is, I, now that uh, I was looking forward to WandaVision, and I think rightfully so. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like any Marvel movie you've seen mixed with Watchmen. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm I'm getting the vibe for this, you know. But man, following up Mandalorian season two, you know that some. I wonder how much like crossover is like if they if anybody from that show saw this show, mm-hmm. and if Favreau's just so sort of like, yeah, go ahead and follow this, poof, almost like you know Hendrix at Woodstock, you know the the band that had to go on after him after he burned his guitar on stage is the Who, mm-hmm. and then the Who, you know, some like couple decades later had to follow Queen at Live Aid and just like, are you freaking kidding me? We got to do this twice. Right. We got to follow something that you can't follow. Right. Ain't nothing you can do after that. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder how the, the, the folks at WandaVision are feeling about this. Like, seriously, can we, can we can we push it back to February? We need people to like really forget what just happened in Mandalorian before we see, before folks see what we got. We're, we're feeling good. No, we're feeling good. But uh, can we get a little more time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you you sir, oh, my hat's off to you. My glasses tip to you. Oh, thank you. You you called it. I'll you take it. it. I'll take it. All right, so. Uh, Let's go. Let's go. Let's go out of order here. So season two has lived up to the hype. Buy or sell? Oh my gosh, you got to buy this one. <laughs> I was gonna say if you sold, I'd reach to this. <laughs> Somehow I would bend time, space, and matter to just strangle you yes. through that. Like, yeah, no, yeah, that's uh, yeah, a uh, buy. If, if any. TV show needs to look at how to produce a solid second season. This show has to be at the top of the list. I mean, they have found a way and, and you know, maybe it's cheating in a way because they have a rich history and a rich universe to kind of pull from. No. Uh, or, or, you know, uncanonized, let's say things that have not been really brought into the canon. Okay. Uh, fair that, enough. That they were able to bring in. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe there's a little bit of an advantage there, but but my God, you you you've you got to tip your cap to Favreau and Filoni. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I don't be sorry. I was a you big don't... fan of Lost. Uh, I thought they had a reasonable season two uh, compared to other shows, but Mandalorian has really just exceeded my expectations. Very excited about where they're going with it in the next three episodes. And and really excited to see where you know how they're kind of building toward the third season. So absolutely, season two has been. I mean, I think at this point, I I, I wanted to watch the trailer before we recorded this to to verify, but I think at this point we have hit all of the notes of the trailer. So anything we see moving forward is is completely unknown uh, mm. to us. You know that that there are no scenes that we have not seen yet. And I'm I'm really interested interested to see like what what is is left because there's a lot uh, of very interesting you know subject matter to to engage in. Um, what is Moff Gideon planning? You know, like we just talked about, is Grand Admiral Thrawn going to make his presence known? You know, will will the Mandalorian get to the you know that that Jedi planet of what was it called Ty- Typhon? Is that what it was? Or I, it sounded like that. I think it was yeah. Typhon, but 
you know, w- will that be kind of the climax of of season two? Is is getting Grogu to to that point where he he is in you know there's that seeing stone and he can make the decision. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's really unclear at this point, but uh, but that's what I love. You know, I don't know what's coming next, and you know, I think that's where a lot of shows get it wrong. Uh, so I'm 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 a full buy on this. How about you, sir? I am a buy because and and let's quite uh, let's let's go back if we shall uh, if the congregation would turn to uh, Amen, brother. Page three hundred and sixty-two. Uh, we shall read from the Holy Scriptures of Battlestar Galactica season two. <clears throat> if you want to talk about a series that nailed season two, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I thank you. I I kind of forgot about that. Thank you. You you go back to that one. You want to follow up a season one that was just. I mean, let's be frank. Is a mofo. It, it, <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, granted, they had the, the miniseries to kind of get the jump start on season one. But season two, so many classic episodes. And so far through five of what? Is it eight episodes? that uh, Mandalorian season two? I believe it's eight. Correct, yes. After five episodes to, as you say, have pretty much nailed all of the big visuals in uh, in the trailer... And to have brought in so much of that, like, extended stuff that was, like, pseudo-canon-ish, like, oh, well, it's Legends, it's Extended Universe, all that, and then all of a sudden, like, now it's, okay, now it's canon because, you know, Favreau has, like, gaveled it in and said, yes, this is it. Man, it's hard to argue that in eight episodes they haven't really accomplished a similar... Or, or will have accomplished a similar feat as Battlestar Galactica did. It's really hard to argue that they won't have done that. Yeah. They have done so much in season two and done so well and added so much texture. And yeah, you can say, well, oh, well, they can grab this from here and they can grab this from here and grab this from here. That's great. Here's the thing. Anyone who, I won't say anyone because I, I, here's the, I take myself out of it. You know, I, I pretend to be, you know, screenwriter, writer, all this extraordinaire. I ain't got nothing published that anyone's going to really care about. I'm just going off of what other folks have said. The idea is great. It's worthless, though. Until you can actually execute that thing, mm-hmm. you can make it live and breathe. It doesn't really matter. That's why the whole idea of like people stealing ideas, like, oh, they stole my idea. Well, who cares if they did it and you didn't? That's actually the 90% part. Mm-hmm. Like the idea is 10%. The actual execution is 90%. That takes a lot more work. Yeah. Like people want to pretend like this whole like, oh, I came up with the idea. Like, oh, it's this grand thing. So what? What'd you do with it? <laughs> Nothing? Oh, hey, look, this person actually put in some work and did it. Mm-hmm. Like holy crap! Like all this stuff that was out of canon, and and I'm not I'm not taking away anything from the writers who came up with it, not even in the least. Executing it though in the real world does deserve some credit, because you can do anything on the page. Yeah, I mean they've actually uh, so the whole like a lot of this stuff has even the the, the pseudo canon has been rewritten in more pseudo canon in that whole aftermath series that we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago. Right. And how and how like oh Coruscant isn't the new capital of the New Republic. It's now this other planet. 
Caphilia or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, which was in the Timothy Zahn, uh, you know, the Coruscant was the capital in Timothy Zahn's books, and it's not in these other books. Oh, well, it's been rewritten. I mean, oh my good Lord, they have done so well. And it, I mean, to say it hasn't lived up in the hype, if, if you've, if you're going to go on that one, I mean, psh, you live a sad, sad life. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I got to say about that. All right. So here we go with the final buy or sell question. And I. Which has nothing already, to do with Mandalorian, but needs to be revisited. Falling forward on top of the opponent is a viable way to break Roman Reigns' guillotine. Sell. Sell, sir. Sell, sell, sell. And I say to you, wrong. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) You're wrong. I'm telling you right now. Oh, gosh. It is the same physics. I've I've listened to this one. I'm going to regret bringing this up, aren't I? And then I I listened to it again while we were editing, while I was editing it. And you know what? I have not found a fault with this. I have found fault with this. It is, if you it believe is. in the power slam, if you believe in the idea of the big splash, if you if you believe in the idea of of the frog splash off the top rope, if you believe in the idea of the rock bottom, the guillotine is a solid maneuver. Again, I'm not I'm not gonna. You know what? Your idea of the leverage and all that, like, hey, fine, but chokehold. If you then pick that person up and slam them down to the mat. That is the premise for any number of other moves in the wrestling universe. Ah, Good Lord. The same as as the principle of a TIE fighter not being able to hit a damn thing or a stormtrooper not being able to hit the broadside of a barn. It is canon, sir. I don't buy it. I don't care if you buy it or not. (laughs) I'm selling, baby. I'm selling. It's just a fact. Sell, sell, sell. Okay, you go right ahead and sell against science. I don't care. Whatever. I just figured I'd bring it up again. Okay, well, I appreciate that, but <laughs> I'm a buy on that oh, one. Oh, good Lord. And another thing. All right, so what do you got for and another thing this week, sir? Uh, So to kind of, uh, you know, bring forward a little bit from our last episode, uh, the mm-hmm. – work we did on on kind of honoring if you will the undertaker uh i love I, how you describe it as work like we like we put in an actual effort akin to like what these guys do well, i appreciate that you know it's 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 you know it's expensive time and energy so i like I, this I isn't just something work. we fart around with in our free time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, again, uh, if you have the WWE Network, uh, if, if you're interested in this sort of thing, uh, Broken Skull Sessions with Steve Austin and The Undertaker, uh, not only mm. the most recent one, but the one prior, uh, you know, that, that he did with The Undertaker. Uh, just a fascinating, uh, you know, watch in terms of, of listening to these two kind of talk about the business, talk about their respective careers, uh, interactions. I, you know, we were talking about this before this recording, you know, in our pre-production meeting. I could listen to Steve Austin talk for hours about wrestling. Mm. He he has a way of really kind of getting into the nitty-gritty and breaking it down. This this most recent one he does with Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, uh, breaking down, you know, the Hell in a Cell match with Mick Foley. 
you know, breaking down some some other aspects of his career, just just fascinating to listen to, and and just funny, funny, funny stories to hear from these guys in terms of, you know, just things they do to kind of keep things lively on the road, uh, ways that they entertain themselves, and then also just what they put into the work that they do, uh, yeah, is just fascinating, just fascinating. So. Uh, you know, if, if if you're someone who's who's been a wrestling fan at one point or another, um, you know, especially over the last 30 years, The Undertaker has been a presence uh, in one of those three decades. Uh, you know, if you've been a fan, check this out because it is just a, a very very interesting kind of look in, into someone's long and storied career. And and Steve Austin is just a fantastic uh, you know facilitator of of conversation, if you will, over the. Uh, you know, work of professional wrestling. Yes. And so the funny part is, so again, I mentioned uh, last episode that my wife was, was quite taken aback, not, not actually not taken aback, just downright disappointed and not disappointed in me, but mostly just disappointed in her own life choices. The fact that her husband was watching a wrestling pay-per-view and then was going to talk about it for several hours on a podcast. And Mm -hmm. so but then I, I last night I was I, I really just wanted to watch a couple episodes of this because quite honestly we're all stuck in the house we're and and I had spent the night before watching the Princess Diaries too. I'm not proud of it, but it, but at the same time it also gave me an idea for it gave me the idea for an episode in which we will discuss later. And no, we're not doing a commentary track for the Princess Diaries too because there ain't enough bourbon in the world. So, but I said I just want to watch a couple a couple parts of the Undertaker documentary. And she's like, but then she asked me about it today. And I said, well, it was interesting because it was about, you know, this and this and this and this. Oh, I was like, oh yes, there's actually a human element to these, to these performers and to, and to what goes on. And to play to your point, it's, it is, it's so great to hear these guys talk about their experiences and how this whole thing is this weird subculture that you don't necessarily understand until you really kind of get into it. But there's it translates across, you know, uh, jobs and different uh, areas of life. And it, it, is, it is a great thing. I, I, I enjoyed, like, the first 10 minutes of this one that I watched. I love the first one that we watched. Uh, the first one they did, wasn't it right after the Wrestle, uh, WrestleMania? I they think did the so. first yeah. one, yeah, yeah, because I got suckered into watching that one right after the pay per view, and then it was mm-hmm. like two o'clock in the morning where I'm like, I should really go to bed. I gotta work. <laughs> that was just like one eye open, barely mm-hmm. trying to finish up the last ten minutes of that. But yes, well worth your time. I will heartily endorse that one. And what do you have, sir? Well, mine this week is uh, is both a a song. And an album. So if you don't know who the Bar K's are, man, you need to get yourself educated. Mm-hmm. So the song I'm going to talk about here is Holy Ghost by the Bar K's, which you can find on any major streaming platform. Ladies and gentlemen, I've talked about some heavy-duty funk before. Let's just face it. I've been just trying to work you up to this one. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to gird your loins, as it were, <laughs> For the true, oh boy, heavy duty funk, the real world champion of funk. This song will just oh, 
if it don't shake you down to the like the base of your spine, you might as well just fill out your own toe tag. You're done. You're done. <laughs> this song will shake you to your core in the best way possible. Uh, so go ahead. I'll have links to this. But also, the 1978 album that this comes off of called Money Talks is just front to back. Damn. Just, I mean, stink face all day long. It's got a cover of, of the song Feeling All Right, which you probably know more for uh, for Joe Cocker and his cover of that. But it's not only got Holy Ghost, it's also got uh, Holy Ghost Reborn, which is kind of like a remix. Back in like 1978. Mm doing that and then there's some other there's nice. other great songs on there but oh my gosh go listen to that whole album but especially holy ghost because huh, it will be good for what ails you mm-hmm. so that's about all i got to say about that mm-hmm. so ladies and gentlemen uh once again we we would like to we'd like to thank the free range idiocy congregation for gathering together this week. Oh, the Reverend is preaching. Look at it. We're going to pass a collection plate in a minute. It's going to be great. (laughs) Good Lord. We're going to wind up with like 37 cents in change. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) But we'd like to thank you all for listening. We do certainly appreciate it for for two, let's face it, idiots on the internet who just basically wanted to see their names said on the internet. Amen. Uh, this is a dream come true. And so uh, please be sure to uh, to like and subscribe when you see us on the social medias. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. You can also find all of our episodes at freerangeidiocy.com. You can subscribe and follow us at, uh, we are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Podbean. Uh, Podbean. Bada bean. Da it's like it's it's like Mario bean. bean for the people. Exactly. Thank you, Mario Bean. Um, and <laughs> we're living our own gimmick at this point. Uh, basically. If you have any questions, concerns, or thoughts, if you have any ideas for shows, because quite honestly, we do run dry every so often, be sure to send those to Tim at freerangeidiocy.com. And we'll you know what? Them. He may or may not respond to you. I have. We might have gotten like thousands of those before, and he might have just been dumping them in junk mail, and I don't know. Because quite honestly, I, I've, you know, I ain't got enough time for that. So, and now Tim's into bourbon, so you know it. You know, you never know what's it's all happening over from there. there. Yeah, well, you know, you're welcome. Uh, so uh, now it's, it's time for us to kind of tie this whole thing and not bring it all together. Kind of, kind of put all the all the ingredients into the into the into the stock pot and stir it up into a nice little stew. And 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 it's this point that I like to take a cleansing breath. I like to think back over the episode. I like mm. to I like to re-listen in my in my mind what we've talked about I like to I like to analyze I like to think about I like to mull over if you will even if you won't I like to mull over all those points and I like to I like to say that one of the most rational intelligent people I've I've ever met what the hell have we learned this week well my brother anything anything we, at all oh we have 
learn and continue to learn that I cannot manage a fantasy team to save my life. Well, damn it, we knew that. Well, I, mean, I know. And we have learned <laughs> that Filoni and Favreau are diabolical geniuses. Oh, producing you know what? such Actually, amazing hey, episodes hey, as such hey, chapter uh, 13, The Jedi. I, I don't like to I don't like to interrupt you in this portion, but Please if, do. if I if I may, can we raise a toast to these gentlemen? Oh, please. Salute. Thank you. Thank you, sirs, for making 2020 worth making it through. Thank, <laughs> thank you that we've had this to look forward to all year. Thank and, while, and, and while the glass is raised, let, let us continue mm. to raise it to, to, to one Carl Weathers, one Apollo Creed, if you will. Oh, it's like a damn monster movie. There we go for the mm. siege. Fantastic and you know, episode. And while we're raising... Ladies and gentlemen, Rosario Dawson. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, my good Lord. Michael oh, Bean so coming oh, back as Michael Johnny R- Space Johnny Ringo. Somebody wake up, Hicks. <laughs> Take off and nuke the planet from, from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And finally, as we've already raised for Rosario Dawson for, for mm. her fine work as Ahsoka Tano, May, us, may we also raise for three words she uttered during the Jedi, Grand Admiral Thrawn, we oh. look forward to your presence, sir. Benedict Cumberbatch, come on home. Mm-hmm. You know it. You know, oh, yeah. this is, you know this is right in your heart. You oh, know yeah. it. You oh, know it. Can you imagine? If you're Benedict Cumberbatch, you, if, if this actually happens, you play Doctor Strange, Sherlock Holmes, Khan... And one of the greatest villains of the Star Wars universe, Uncanny. And Grand Admiral Thrawn. I mean, at that point, if he retired, I'd be like, I can't blame him. <laughs> not, not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and actually, while we're raising, yes. ladies and gentlemen, to Tell David me. Prowse. David Prowse. Oh, yes. And finally, we've also learned I am a Star Wars genius. <laughs> I knew you were going to work that back in. I just had to pat my back because you you, you, you you nailed me on the guillotine point there. And I I don't know. I'm, I'm losing that one, I think. But anyway. You Star Wars Barry Horowitz, you. That's right. That's right. Pat I, yourself on the back. Go right ahead. I will do so right now. There it is. Pat, pat, pat. Anyways. <laughs> with that being said, as always, be safe. Be healthy. Be good to one another. And, uh... You know, Uncle Todd, he's coming off of Thanksgiving. He's going into Christmas here. We mm. gots to save the pennies. So mm-hmm. would you please hit the lights on Oh, Hercules, 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 Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> I'm there popping, y'all. Shut up, Wesley. They all hate you. I took the wrong week to quit drinking. You can't fix stupid. Damn! I can't believe I was the one who cussed first.